You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. All right, we're doing this. You're yeah. here with the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike. And I'm John. I'm Michael. And we've got, this is our first, this is a big deal, guys, because really this is, is the first of many, of course, because we're going viral. And uh, we've got Kevin Shaw with us, and he's been so kind and gracious to come on and talk <laughs> yeah, nonsense and laugh and uh, storytell. And, and I think it's going to be a great, a great time. So we're really glad that you could be here, Kevin. Thanks oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. My pleasure. Um, uh, it's not often that I wake up at 6 a.m., but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing, you're too, all morning people. I don't get it. <laughs> well, and you're coming in the lions then because you just you're putting yourself in a room with two therapists yes. and uh, so yeah, you know that's a courageous human yeah, as well, well you know I, I i take pride in the fact that i am a human ball of christmas lights. <laughs> so start and, unraveling and soulless so yeah. there's uh i'm outnumbered today i get tan so i'm really what you would call a day walker How do you get tan? <laughs> yeah i can get tan and i don't have freckles all right so, I was, so kevin is redhead if yes, you haven't picked if you're up not watching that. yeah i mean and, if you're not and watching of course john is that's right Right. And so, well, now I'm really jealous because you had an, a car that made me feel like a man for 10 minutes yeah. and you, uh, you tan as a redhead. That's like the Holy grail. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a conundrum. Uh, I'm the only redhead and left-handed person in my family. Oh, so, don't uh, to, he's a lefty. Yeah. So to the milkman, uh, whoever you are, <laughs> uh, I miss you, dad. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, my best friend growing up was a lefty. He's uh, we should, we should do it him. So something about these interview podcasts, just mm -hmm. to put a little plug is our, our goal is to just interview, uh, interesting different people. Yeah. And so, so Kevin, uh, you are uh, a business owner. Once you clear your throat there, you're a business owner and uh, you've got a couple of like online magazines. Is that, is that, is that the vernacular that's used? Yeah. Talk, tell us yeah. about what you do. Well, um, besides choking to death on the water that I thought, <laughs> oh, hey, I'll take a quick sip and then put it down my lungs. <clears throat> I promise it's, it's not the, uh, it's not the freedom flu. Oh, you're good. Um, <laughs> the freedom flu. Uh, I started off 18 years ago working for Hot Rod Magazine. The yeah. actual Hot Rod Magazine? Yeah, well, I was I was hired by Hot Rod, and then a week later, they're like, oh, my gosh, please put this guy on Mopar, Mopar Muscle Magazine because I like Dodge and Plymouth. And what did oh. So what did you originally do when you were hired? Well, uh, write car articles primarily. You know? oh, no. uh, humorously enough, I was going to I was going to college and I had no idea what to do in college. I was just like, I'm going to go because that's what you know you're due. That's, that's what, what education do. tells you is yeah. you should go to college. Sure. I'm like, All right. I, I hate school, but okay. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm terrible at this. And it's a great um, idea. <laughs> uh, I was taking English classes because I liked writing more than math mm -hmm. and the girls were cuter. And you had to be like one, not only like one of uh, a few guys, but then the only redhead. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't really working in my favor. So, um, I can't even relate to that. I can't imagine the redhead thing not working yeah. in your favor. Yeah, everyone's like, Hey, Ralph from happy days. Yeah. That's the guy uh, I had on my on poster on my wall. Um, but I was, I was working on old cars with my brother and I was pretty decent at welding and I was in writing classes, but at the same time, I was actually testing to be a police officer. Oh, wow. Just because I was like, 
they make good money and that sounds fun. That's and I had friends who I had friends who were cops and they were like, dude, you should do it. You should do it. So um, I, on a just on, on a whim, I had sent an email off to a uh, magazine editor asking some questions and the guy's like, who is this kid? And we started going back and forth, and he's like, wait a minute, you, you build cars, and you're getting a literature degree, and he's <laughs> okay. like, you're, yeah. you're, you're, a, you're a unicorn. <laughs> so Literally, uh, you're a unicorn. <laughs> so uh, went out, interviewed. They were like, they didn't even interview me. They just offered me a oh, job. Cool. After I, seeing some of the, what you had already written? Uh, well, I, yeah, I'd written two kind of test articles. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the guy's like, we're literally going to print these. <laughs> so you're hired. That's yeah. They're awesome. like, we're just going to, we're just going to print them. So I was like, okay, sweet. I mean, I didn't take the pictures or anything. It was just like, here's like the tech sheet on the car. That's so You know, cool. here are the ingredients, bake a cake. Wow. So I was man. like, all right, I can, I can tell a story about a car. You know, that's easy. So, uh, put that together, did two of them like in my crappy apartment in Huntington beach. And was like, here you go. And sent them off. And they were like, dude, we're printing these. We're using these. So it, awesome. it was pretty whirlwind that I got, uh, interviewed, hired, moved out to Florida, worked at Mopar, what was then Mopar Muscle Magazine, which mm-hmm. Mopar is a colloquial term for Dodge, Plymouth, Chrysler, muscle cars. Right, right. And um, then they're like, I would get my work done by, no joke, like 1130 in the Just morning. pump out. Is it, so was this like a, a full-time job? Oh, yeah. Like it, so yeah. I have a Salary question job. about Cubicle this. Cubicle farm, everything. Yeah. Oh, like I, wow. <laughs> I've always wondered about this. You know, you see like journalists or <clears throat> media people in in uh, <coughs> movies and I feel like they're always like out investigating and doing fun stuff <laughs> and you never really see them doing the writing so right. how much of that job were you actually out doing like fun stuff and how much were you actually just writing and in rewriting and, yeah. yeah well okay first and foremost most people don't hand you the keys to their hundred thousand yeah. dollar super rare yeah, yeah right like, <laughs> here kid here you, you 24 year old psychopath here you go you look like you could trust you especially because yeah. you have a redhead you're yeah. a redhead so um that's hilarious the writing part, I, I was pretty quick. Now, okay. there, there's guys who are literally hunt and peck, hunt and peck, hunt yeah. and peck, and they're, they're clicking through. Um, and I was in, I mean, I was in the cattle corral of cubicles and, yep. you know. What, so this was at Hot Rod? This was, well, it was the auxiliary building that was in Tampa, Florida. So you were down oh, in Tampa. Cool. I was in Florida. Yeah, oh, they, they, all the uh, hot what, rod and the big, the big title, you know, Motor Trend and Automobile. What, those what, were in L.A. What era was this? Like what decade? Uh, what decade? <laughs> wow. Come on. Um, Let's be honest. It, this was 2004. Oh really? I was uh, thinking it might be in the oh, 90s. Yeah. I was like, I was about to get some like Miami Vice stories. I was yeah. like, oh, you were there in the 90s. Well, oh, we're talking okay. Don Johnson. Well, okay. So, <laughs> wow, dude. Um, is it the gray in my beard? Is that what it is? So uh, I will tell you though what was funny was that on the on the periphery of the cattle corral were all the publishers' offices, and those dudes were all holdovers from like the Mad Men era. Oh, yeah. Every publisher had like a small bar. <laughs> I'm bet. not joking. <laughs> oh, My crazy. publisher was. Uh, They'd have friends and associates come well, visit their well, offices. Well, there was a there was a couple. There was a routine. Okay, there was a, <laughs> a really good routine. By ten o'clock, you started drinking Dewar's straight, just like just oh, that's hilarious. Just room temperature scotch. I can't even and then by everyone would go out to lunch, and then they would uh, wait for the rain because Florida rains yes. on time. And then by two o'clock, they all did the back nine of the golf course. Oh, that's crazy. So they were gone. I mean, like those, those cats split. And so was it like a big like? Was there like? 
30 or 100 people? Like, what was the... Um, I think in that building at one time, they had close to 60. I think it was... And this is in the 2000s, which is kind of impressive because it was moving from print towards... Well, I'll tell you what. The print... No, this was the heady years of... The internet. (laughs) That's not a thing. No one wants to read online. What are they going to look at? Their phones? Yeah, well, we didn't even have those. (laughs) I had had the Nokia flip brick. You know, the the hard, dull yellow brick, you know. Yeah, because I guess it would have all really changed when smartphones and tablets, so it would have been like 2010. So you were still pre-2010. Right, yeah. Yeah. I I was coming in really at the tail end of the print heady years. Where they're like, we're invulnerable, and it was. I was laughing because I was like, "Hey, can we, can we like start taking some of our old articles that have gone out of circulation and put them on the website?" And the website was like this garbage V Bolton thing, you know. I mean, it was like you're, you almost want to see well, you want to see like the Atari. little dancing baby gif, and you know, it was like the flying toaster. And, That's right. But so I was like, hey, money. maybe we should pump a little bit of money in that. Like, yeah, you go ahead, kid. So I would do that on my oh, own time. That's cool. And cool. in addition to like I was saying, I got my work done like before lunch. They're yeah. like, well, this kid's sitting around kind of picking his nose. That's a, so they kept having me write other magazines. So I started working on Corvette Fever magazine, Vet magazine, and I have no place. I know nothing about Corvette. So that was all under the same umbrella with Hot Rod? Oh, yeah. So then how many articles did you have to, like, produce a week? uh, Well, I'll tell you what I did monthly, Mm -hmm. and that was... feature-length articles, tech articles, and what you would call a department, which would be like, here's the latest press release, or here's some news, or whatever like that. Um, At one point, I was about 68% of a Holy single issue. Cow. What? Um, but it was just because I was a vending machine. Well, this is why this guy rocks wow. two websites. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> know. We're way off topic. Well, so well, that is a good question because my – so you start in, in a position where, um, you know, I know Hot Rod. Right. And, yeah. And that's I, a pretty I'm not big, even a car guy yeah, and I knew Hot Rod. Sure. I yeah. bought so one or two of them. How do you go from that I, – I would imagine that's a somewhat stable job. I don't know the industry at oh, all. Oh, yeah. But how do you go from then? that to – only, that seems like a scary transition. Oh, I, sure. I, like for me, working in my job, <laughs> like I'm thinking, I don't, uh, I could go do private practice, so but that's what you're, scary. What sure. you're saying is you don't think this is going to become a thing. Is that what you're... <laughs> oh, yeah. It already is a thing, John. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> so um, I got married and my wife and I were kind of looking around and I looked around that office and I was like, this is around 2007, mm-hmm. and I realized real quickly, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere unless somebody dies. Mm. These dudes were all lifers. They're so like, there's like no upward momentum. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I really didn't want my boss's job, although everyone was like, dude, your kid wants your job. And so he <laughs> kind of started strangling me a little bit. Oh, like, okay. he's like, hey, I don't want you doing this. I don't want you doing that. And I'm like, bro, it's the only Come reason on. I'm here. Yeah. So I kind of realized, I'm like, okay, the environment's getting a little unfriendly. And my wife's like, well, hey, do you want to, I don't really want to, start a family in Florida, nothing against our Florida viewers, but, um, (laughs) there's millions of them. So I appreciate appreciate you doing that. That's a whole contingency. I don't want to upset. (laughs) Thank you. But, uh, so I said, well, Hey, I'm from California. Would you be interested in going back to California? And she's like, yeah, that sounds fun. And she's originally from Birmingham, Alabama. So Mm -hmm. she was like, I'm down. So I started interviewing for jobs and out of nowhere, I get this phone call and they say, Hey, um, we're we're calling from Cycle News, which was yeah I've heard Cycle News mm-hmm. has been around since like '63. I have no idea. Yeah. What this is. It was a it, it it was a weekly newspaper for motorcycle enthusiasts. Oh okay cool. And it had been around forever. Yeah. And um, 
they hit me up and they're like, hey, you want to come out and interview? And I'm like, I don't know jack about motorcycles. Like my mom wouldn't let us ride dirt bikes because <laughs> my brother broke his leg and when I was like eight. And so she's like, no, no, no motorcycles. But anyway, I flew out and I'm sitting there for like, easily five, 10 minutes in this interview. And he's throwing numbers at me. It's like, we're going to double your salary and we're going to give wow. you this. And I'm like, okay, okay I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn whatever you want me to and, learn. And I then, love motorcycles. And then quite, quite literally I go, okay, well, what kind of, I mean, what kind of motorcycles are we talking about? And he looks at me kind of cross-eyed and he's like, kid, I want you to run our jet ski magazine. Oh, and I'm like, okay. bro, jet skis, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, why? I'm like, Okay. My dad had a rental business in the 80s. I'm like, Crazy. I grew up with jet skis. How fortuitous. And he's like, okay, when can you start? I'm like, I don't know. When do you need me? He goes, well, we have an issue due in a month. I'm like, ah! <laughs> So <laughs> I, cool. I, I mean, I put my two weeks in. I was gone. My wife still had like a month left of work. So we, within like the first six months of our marriage, we were separated for a month. Trying to figure that so out. So that, that was my, I was going to ask right. later, like, I how do you get the water sports right. thing going? Yeah, it's like, that's so interesting. I did, I, I was the editor of Personal Watercraft Illustrated, which was, at the time, the longest running paper jet ski magazine. How long had that been? I've not heard of that 87. One. Okay, so that's been around for had been a while. Around. In fact, oh, wow. what was funny was that my first issue was the 30th issue, the 30th cool. anniversary issue. I'm like, how do I celebrate a magazine? Yeah. It was my first issue. Oh, that's intense. And that's I, I was crazy. freaking out. I was doing, like, crazy hours, and they're just like, we're just going to give you a key. Is that cool? Wow. I'm like, okay. And I was putting in like gnarly hours, but I was like, I have to get this done. <laughs> you know, I'm freaking out because it's like, this is my first gig and yeah. you know, this is, it's all on me. And so I was thrashing, like hardcore thrashing. And I was like sleeping in my brother's like guest room and it was, it was wild. And uh, I was there for three years, and I'll tell you, there were days I woke up laughing. I'm like, I can't believe they pay me to do this. That's sad. Like, it was cool. a joke. And, and, and the problem was is that being over one magazine, and then once I got in the groove, there were times where I'm like, I have nothing to do today. So, and this is, I'll tell you how, I'll, you I'll tell you how. a machine. Well, I'll tell you how screwed up this is. Let's be a freaking machine. This is, this is pre-kids. <coughs> All right. I, I love the, I love the Paul Simon, the Paul Simon quote where he's like, this is back before you, back when times were great. He's talking to his son. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway. I don't um, know much of that life. Okay. But. Yeah. The Graceland <laughs> album is like holy scripture to me. I love that album. <laughs> so anyway, um. There's certain albums like that where it's like it's totally committed to memory, you know, like yeah. Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. Sure, so. absolutely. Okay. Anyway, so um, my wife and I had annual passes to Disneyland back when it wasn't, you know, a, a mortgage on your house. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. My, you so, know. Yeah. So my wife had her job. I was working. I'm done by like 11, 12 o'clock. And I'm like, peace out. I'm going to go ride Big Thunder Mountain. So I would literally sign myself out That's and I'd go awesome. to Disney for like three hours That's awesome. and I'd come home or I'd come and pick my wife up because we shared it. We were carpooling and she'd look at me and she goes, you went to Disneyland. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. how can you tell? She goes, you're sweaty. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you're tan. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but that was a lot of fun. And then our first daughter was born and three weeks later, the whole company closed. Oh, so and what year was that? That was uh, that was January first, two thousand ten. So it just went out of business oh. then. Folded. It was holy cow. It was so that the crash. When you came because you must have come here not long after that, right? We we moved to Tennessee in two thousand twelve. Mm. A couple years later. Yeah, it was two years later. Um, I got a job at a digital publisher, automotive. I went. I said, mm -hmm. "Well, I'll go back to muscle cars," and it was it was soul crushing, working mm -hmm. at this one place, and. It, 
don't get me wrong. I have friends who still work there and they love it. And, you know, um, I actually get along with my former boss now. Um, but at the time he was trying to get his business up and running. And so he was like, everything's riding on this. And I was not prepared to go work for someone else again. Yeah. Yeah. Especially you were like, you were your own boss at this other place. Right. And I, I went from like, I'm going to go to Disneyland for half the day (laughs) to (laughs) I'm putting in 10 hours, 10 hours a day for content that I don't like Uh, for a guy that I don't get along with. And it was just soul crushing. I think this is an interesting topic, right? This idea of when we have a job that we enjoy, it makes it seem less like work, but it's still work, right? There's still hard things. It still takes, it still takes energy, still takes mental space. But then when you have a job that you really aren't jiving with, it becomes really tough. And so sometimes I think we give across this, this idea, especially to youth, that if you just do what you love, you're You're going to love it. Yeah. But that's not always true. My, my worst working environments have been when I've had, like, I think the dividing line for me for sure has been good bosses. I mean, great bosses. I mean, doing something that you're in the ballpark that you love or like, Mm -hmm. and then, oh my gosh, a boss can sink or swim a career job opportunity. Well, exactly. Exactly. To your point, it was like, I was doing, I was writing, which I loved about cars, which I loved. But the environment was such that I was like, I'm strongly considering murdering these people with my bare hands. <laughs> and it was like, you know, That's am a I, good am, thing you're on our podcast yeah, today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, am I okay <laughs> watching my daughter grow up from behind plexiglass? You know, it was like, that would have been a different We're interview. really yeah, glad yeah. that you, if I don't know if yeah. you listen to our first episode, but it, we're glad that you were able to de-escalate. Oh, yeah. and, uh, well, it just, it was, it was. To the point that I had to stop and take a lot of assessment and go, okay, let's really take inventory of what matters. And um, so let me, I I want to jump in. So you're at this job um, because you you really don't, there's not a lot of options. You just lose your job all of a sudden. And so you're like, okay, I need to get something. You get something that's in the ballpark, correct? right? It's something that you feel like you'd enjoy. It's just really tough. Do you just leave do you stick it out for a while like how do you transition is there planning in that well is there, there like- there's a lot of factors um if you if i was a single guy there'd be a little bit of just grind because mm. i i'm the kind of guy who will grind yeah. it's like okay it's on me i'll grind but i was bringing i was bringing my misery home yeah. to a wife and child yeah and because a lot of people just can't disconnect a lot of people just can't leave the briefcase in the car and yeah. come in and be, you know, Ward Cleaver and be like, hi, honey, yeah. how was your day? Yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> just like misery and sorrow. Because it's it just, yeah. you know, it, it's the idea of like, you you know, you can't, sh- you can't shovel garbage all day and come home smelling like a rose. Yeah. And so I knew I was bringing it home and that was really on me. I'm like, okay, this is toxic. Yeah. So this and, is like an idea or this is kind of this concept of I know I can do it. It's not about not being able to do the work right, and dealing with done the, it. the right. situation, done it, right? but really priorities for you Certainly. was when I go home, you know, what am I working for type right. idea, right? 100%. And, and so is, is, you know, is that the most important thing? And it sounds like that's where you're transitioning to in this point in your life is I need to put my most important priority first. Right. How do I now navigate that? It's it's a little bit of like, well, am I, you know, for myself and my personal values, it was more of who am I working for? 
Right. Am I working for me and or am I working for the guy in, you know who literally writes my checks? Or <laughs> am I working for my family to provide yeah. for my family? And once I came to that assessment, I was like, okay, something has to change. What helped you get there? You mentioned like coming home and feeling like you're bringing it home. But I think there are plenty of times where I felt like that just gets blurred for me. And it's it's hard, <laughs> right? I, yeah. I My priorities kind of get mixed. So how what was your process that you um, went through that helped you to, to be like, realize, okay, wait, I need to put my family first, my life quality first at home? Well, I had a really, like... A lot of people, it's gradual. A lot of people, mm-hmm. it's this erosion. And for me, I was very lucky that I had, like, the moment where I looked at my hands and was like, I'm a monster. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my my wife went out with a friend, and I was watching our daughter, and she was, like, maybe two. And it was two-year-olds will just decide one day, I don't like to eat this one thing I've eaten every day sure. in my life. Oh, yeah. yes. And I made I spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I made spaghetti. And like, she's like, me. I'm not eating spaghetti. <laughs> and I was like, I I, I channeled every Did evil dad. Yeah. I was like, oh, spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And she started crying, and I wiped her down. And, she, and I just sent her to her room, and I sat at the table, and I'm what like. What am I doing? Well, I'm 220 pounds of crap. But I'm like, this is awful. Dad award given. Yeah, and I was like, all I'm, right. I don't know those moments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, this is totally unique <laughs> to every experience. All you have to, you know, must be a redhead. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> soulless know. redheads. Although, dads. although I absolutely hate Instagram. One of the nicest things is that it's also giving people an opportunity to like commiserate. <laughs> right. And it's like you see like those little those little clips of like parents just like, well, I just want to burn my house down. And, yeah, I'm like, okay, good. Um, so, I love the ones of like the the kid that's wreaked havoc with like putting in dirt like, oh, on the goodness. white furniture or whatever. You just sit there like, oh, you're like, I love so my life right now because that's not. Yeah. yeah the the nicest thing is that people go, okay, I'm not alone. Right. <laughs> right. So it was it it was that trigger. Yeah. That kind of said, okay, things are changing. Mm-hmm. Things have to change, and that's when I, I kind of started reaching out to other opportunities and I was like okay well also the other thing was that simultaneously we were struggling with trying to even find a house to move into okay now again my wife is is from Birmingham and I was looking at $500,000 townhouses wow uh, where, I mean, where was this at now this was in Southern California yeah, okay. yeah. California. yeah. And, and this is the middle of the housing bubble popping mm-hmm. so everything's yeah. Deflating, oh, six, and it was oh, still, still ridiculous, ridiculous in California. Yeah. And I'm like, we're never gonna buy a house. This is gonna be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's just get out of here. And I Inspired. had, I had a wonderful experience years earlier in Tennessee, and primar- actually Knoxville. So I said, hey, how about Knoxville? What do you think about Knoxville? Well, she had family who lived in Cookville, which wasn't too far. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, I'm down. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from the South, so let's do it. So I started looking for work and looking for work, and I got offered a job at a very, very, very small marketing firm in the auto industry in Nashville. Mm. And I interviewed with them, and they were like, please come out. And I flew out, and it fit. I mean, it fit. And everything answered, you know, everything was answering 
Yeah. Our checklist. We, yeah, my wife and I boxes. had a checklist. Yeah. And, and it was kind of an answer to prayer. And we're like, whoa, man, okay. So we moved out, and that job lasted a year. So real quick, <laughs> let, me, let me just clarify. So you have this job. You're, I think you said you were with this job three years, and it's really— Two, two years. Two yeah. years, and it's really just miserable. Right. But it sounds like to me you don't just like— up and quit. It sounds like no. you, you have some planning in there oh, certainly. to where you're and, looking. And yeah. So how do you, that I think is really hard, right? Yeah, when you're, right. when you're in this mindset where it's like, I am done with this to still stick with it until something comes along. Right. How do you right. work through that? That is okay. Me. That's an, that's an interesting mindset because you kind of don't want to be a saboteur. You don't mm, want right. to be like, I'm burning this place to the yeah. ground. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't my intent. And I still, yeah, you know, my work ethic was such that it was like, well, this still represents me, and yeah. and it's just, and regardless of how big the auto industry is, it your name does get. So not to go off on too much of a tangent here, but work ethic, where does it come from? How do you develop it? You know, right. We we've talked a little bit about resilience kind of throughout some of our our Podcasts, podcast, yeah. like. Where does that come from? How did you develop it? Because <laughs> hard things are hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to be able to get through that, it feels like torture sometimes. Certainly. So where um, does that come I, from? I was the youngest of three kids, mm-hmm. and that's not a big family. But my my father was self-employed, and he had several uh, businesses. Okay. And he was very much self-motivated and very much like, you get it done and it represents you. Mm-hmm. And awesome. he really instilled kind he really instilled in us the the John Wayne kind of like your name means something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your handshake means something That's and awesome. your word means something. Yeah. That's and, so lost and, and so needed. Oh, certainly. And yeah. it's a carryover. And so uh, what I was kind of oh, you to follow through with that. I well, right now it's a little bit of like it doesn't exist anymore, yeah. and people can recognize it. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it's now a calling card. It really is. Yeah, totally they're like, true. he might be a jerk, but that dude gets done. Uh, <laughs> we can count on that jerk. Yeah. What about when you were younger? Like, it's great to oh, have the example, kid. right? It's right. great to have the example. But what motivate? like, what transpires beyond your example? I know for me, when, when I follow through with something that I've committed to, I feel... Good. Certainly. Like there's a big reward just internally for me right. when yeah. I do what I say I'm going to do. Whereas when I don't, I don't think it matters who you are. You don't feel the same way. Well, there's a little bit different of a feeling. What I'll get, do you think I'll, for you? I, I like that point, but I'm going to flip it on its head. Go for it. Was the biggest dopamine hit for me mm-hmm. came when when I took the extra mile on my own without being asked mm-hmm. and then it coming back and people going like, Dude, wow, I saw you did that. Yeah. Me too. And because yeah. I mean, it was like, you could always do the job. Right. Yeah. But, and even do it well. Yeah. But it, it was the idea of like, for example, my, my father would always beat into me. If you borrowed something, return it better than you got it. Mm. So if you borrow a guy's trailer, you wash it down. You borrow a guy's truck. You vacuum it out. You put gas in the tank. You, you, if you borrow, you take the extra. It's a small little thing. It's the small details. It's the small details. It's like with building a hot rod or any project you do. If you build a cabinet and you go and you take the extra effort to clean up the edges and you clean up these things and you just make those little touches, that might not scream at 
to the normie, to the normal passerby. Yeah. But the guy who recognizes it and comes up and goes, hey, I saw you did that, and that's Trek. Or, yeah. hey, I saw you did that, and that's a neat touch. Or, hey, thanks for filling. You didn't have to fill the tank in my truck, man. It's yeah. Anytime you need it, it's yours. It's But the person that you do that exchange with, the person that you have that communication with, that that will always stay with them. Yeah. Well, I think the point too is it just it's self satisfying. I mean, if 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 the idea of being a person of honor and integrity is what you're about, which is what I'm hearing, you know, and, and that's definitely a huge hallmark for me. I mean, to me, the most guy thing there is, um, is is to be a man of your word and to have integrity. You right. know what I mean? Well, so. you're throwing. It's funny you're throwing out the term like being a guy. The, you know, I got to ride in this car to right. make me feel like a man or whatever. Well, right, because that's and, not my thing. No, so, well, I went to Lycra and bike a hundred miles across <laughs> Illinois. You know what I mean? So my man status is a skinny. Yeah. You know, you guys are both like over six foot and big. I'm like I'm the skinniest scrawny guy. Yeah. So that's never been well, my jam. So yeah. and I, I'm I, I don't know if you know, but I'm a therapist. So. Yeah, it's all right. I'm also masculine. thirty pounds. Overweight, so um, I wish I was only yeah. thirty over. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm totally comfortable in my manness. You know, but I think that that's part of it. Like, you know, I mean, um, the beard helped when you had the beard. I know it was <laughs> glorious. Oh, you don't. You're gonna make me feel lost in sorrow. My my career, my full time gig for those listening, uh, requires a certain yeah, grooming no standard, hair. and so no facial hair. But, and so the, I, what's the I cyber policy? You probably could work it. You're allowed to have a mustache too, but oh, my wife tells me yeah. I look like a molester when yeah, I roll But no, but you see, the problem is you have to have the mutton chop to go with it and go full 73. I think it's ear 73. 73. Go full 73. <laughs> I like until I get fat ties, no. little collar down no, no. on the shirts, a little basically, basically, if in. you could be in the background of a Dirty Harry movie, <laughs> You're, You're in the right spot. I'll, maybe I should take that. I'll, I'll start doing corduroy some research. Corduroy coats. I can I can work the corduroy. I've got one. Go with your elbow pads. Yes, it has them. The limits. Oh, it has them. I rocked it. Not, my first year in private practice yes. in Knoxville, and I totally would be like, bam, and I totally had <laughs> totally had <laughs> corduroy uh, so with the patches. But just to get back to yes, the original question was just that when I we moved to Nashville, my marketing gig only lasted for about a year, and mm. then I. I said, Were you well, already thinking? Uh, well, I had. Well, to the to the, to your point, I had bought the domain name Watercraft Performance from GoDaddy for like nine dollars. Crazy. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but whatever. But it was nine bucks. So um, I was I was there, and I'm like, and I and I I really missed doing the jet ski mag because it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I had friends in the industry, and it, I kind of knew there wasn't any competition. And I'm like. I'm going for it. I'm doing this. And so I, did you just start doing it on the side or when no, the job here when, dried the, up? When or? the job, well, no, I was doing it on the side because they kind of came in and said, listen, this job isn't really <sighs> working out. And I said, well, I want to start this jet ski mag. And they said, well, we'll, we'll be your angel sponsor. Okay. Whoa. I was like, oh, okay, great. And then seven months later, they're like, this isn't making enough money. We want our money back. Uh, and I'm like, uh, businesses take a while to turn yeah, a profit. Yeah, 10 months. And they're like, no, it was seven months. Oh, they're so like, give us our money back. Oh, and dude. I'm like, uh, Is that Pete. how it works? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like not yeah, investments. Yeah. It's like, yeah, isn't that yeah. like the whole idea of yeah. risk, yeah. reward so, kind of thing? Uh, you know, we changed our mind <laughs> yeah. about that risk aspect. We yeah. didn't need that. Back. So they basically were like, Screw you, we're going to shut it down. And thankfully, a good friend of mine who was a little bit of a business coach, he's like, dude, you are the magazine. Go. Yeah. So um, I I said, okay. And I'm like, Heather, they're trying to fire me from I, my wife. I, I called her up and I'm like, well, they fired me from my own magazine. 
And she's like, uh, they can't do that. And thankfully, we got an attorney, and I was able to grab the magazine back, and and uh, so, so that worked out. What was that like? Oh that my gosh, that sounds super like a stressful. That sounds like <laughs> yeah, I, that, like a sponge. Uh, that does not seem comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a tough one because it was like, well, this is my domain name. I own the domain, yeah. and they made me sign this non compete, which was kind of bogus. And then at the same time, my second daughter was born. So I have this oh weird correlation my of my Stress. children getting born and then my job going to crap. No more so kids. Like, no more kids. No We're more good. kids. So uh, <laughs> that was literally a conversation we had for the third one was I'm like, are we risking our business here? And I'm like, am I superstitious? So um, that's funny. Uh, so our daughter was our second daughter was born. And I was in it, it was really funny was that right before she was born. Uh, a good friend of mine who was a musician here in Nashville, surprise. Um, <laughs> There's not barely any of those. Yeah, so. yeah I know. I mean, <laughs> you know, besides, you know, street corners and the <laughs> airport. Uh, uh, but uh, he was like, hey, listen, there's an endowment for artists. I'm like, I'm not really an artist. He He's goes, like, oh, you're yeah, a yes, writer, well. right? I go, yeah. yeah. And he goes, you're an artist. So I reached out and I go, so this is what's going on. And they and they said, oh, we'll set you up with an attorney. It's an endowment Whoa. for legal representation oh, that's here in Nashville. Blessing, dude. That's so cool. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go check it out. And, you know, whatever. So Thursday night, my my daughter was born. Friday, I spent the whole day with my wife and, and, and Natalie. And Saturday morning was my appointment, like at 9 o'clock in the morning, to go meet. And it was a big kind of... To be honest, it was kind of like a speed dating thing where they set a bunch of tables and they sit these attorneys down. They, they call your number. Sounds you sit very down. professional. Yes. Which one do you like the most? <laughs> and, and they just gave you a number. You sit down. You pitch your thing. And they go, I can't help you or I can help you. Well, I show up at like 830 in a suit because I'm like, I'm going to meet an attorney. Uh-huh. And because uh, my wife's like, go go get this thing done. Let's go see if we even have a shot. You know, whatever. Because otherwise I was like, I'm just going to go weld. You know, I'm going to go do something <laughs> brainless. Well, not brainless. That's not fair. But something that I'm yeah. like. I can, I, I'll be outside. I'm just yeah. going to do some physical. Let's just yeah. do this. So I show up. I'm literally white shirt, tie, suit. You know, I'm sitting there with a manila envelope under my, tucked under my arm with I'm all ready. the stuff printed out. I'm like, I don't want to waste this guy's time. And I start looking, and these kids are coming in in shorts and flip-flops and, <laughs> and, and like, you know, full country gear and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh. And it was funny was that when I signed in, they said, oh, well, the attorneys sit over here. You can have, you know, donuts and coffee. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I'm here with the. <laughs> the not needy. With the, the flip-flop guys. With the flip-flop guys. <laughs> and they're like, need. they looked at me like, oh, you're not a lawyer? I'm like, no, you don't know where who your lawyers are? And I'm like, what's going on here? So I'm waiting. They call my number. And I'm, I'm eyeing this guy with silver hair, and he's in, a, like, a nice polo shirt. And I watched what he pulled in, the car he pulled in on. I'm like, okay, well, that's— So you pick your attorney based I'm on like, that. I'm like, that's—I'm like, oh, I want that guy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm pointing out— Was it a European sports car or a muscle oh, car? Oh, no, it was a Maserati four-door. It was a quattro, <laughs> quattro porte, which means four-door. Right. And I'm like, you know, it's like Maserati's getting real clever with their names. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I want, I want, I want the Maserati guy. <laughs> that's awesome. And instead, they— give me this this okay you're number 10 go over there and my guy is this yoked italian guy slick back black uh, hair nope. he's <laughs> he looks younger than me but he's about the same height so he's a big dude and he sits down and he goes hey how you doing and i'm like i'm good <laughs> and he looks at me and goes 
what are you in a suit for? I'm like, I didn't want to waste your time. And he goes, all right, I'll take that. And I, so I start <laughs> going through this whole thing, and he's just eyes rolling in the back of his head. He's like, Jet Ski Magazine, what? Who are you? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm going through this whole thing. He looks at the NDA, and he goes, well, the NDA is Mickey Mouse because you're the magazine. You're all the contacts. This NDA is a joke. He goes, I can get you out of that NDA. And I, and I was like, hey, thank you so much. He goes, all right, well, give me everything. I'll let you. And he was really disinterested. And the whole thing really was like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So I, I reach out my arm to shake his hand. And he grabs my wrist. And he pulls my arm out. And he goes, were you in the hospital? And I had my, my band on it. Mm-hmm. And I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start crying. This sucks. Well, you're good. Sorry. And he's looking at it. And he goes, what are you in the hospital for? And I said, well, my daughter was just born. And he's like, what? Wait, wait, what? And I go, my second daughter was born a little over a day ago. And both big media Italian hands slam the table. <laughs> Everyone stops, like record scratch. And he goes, he goes, are you? And we, he goes, full Scorsese, like dropping the F-bomb. And he goes, are you effing telling me that these guys fired you with a baby on the way? And he's like, Sounds I'm like- going to freaking tear their heads off. And he's screaming. Sounds he's Italian. Like, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, and he sits back down. And he goes, you don't worry about nothing. You start, he goes, you launch your magazine on Monday morning. You launch it. He goes, you hit go, you pull the trigger. Well, he you- goes, I got you for as long as you need me. They will, he's like, I will murder them. And I'm like, and I start crying. I'm like, what's okay. happening? He roided out. Oh my gosh. Dude. And he's just like. Dad vibe he goes, in the house. He goes, you go back to that hospital, you kiss that, your wife, uh, you kiss your so baby, cool. and you tell him I got you. And that's I'm like, cool, dude. thank you. I get in the truck, and I'm sobbing in the truck. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I oh. think we're good. Such <laughs> relief, right? Oh, oh my gosh. so cool. This dude, this dude now is a copyright attorney in downtown. He owns his own firm now. That's awesome. This dude cool. is a murderer. <laughs> that's crazy. The letters, I got, I got, I got blind CC'd. So they couldn't see yeah, yeah, yeah. on all the emails. And I'm like, dude, this guy is He's like threatening. This guy's threatening Waterloo on these people. <laughs> wow. Like it was unreal. Like they wrote an apology letter. They, <laughs> Holy <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was. The and, right attorney can. Yeah. Put the and, fear and, and all it took was letters. Yeah. yeah. All it took was just yeah. stationary. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So, That's we, so cool, we launched uh, we launched what was, what's going and this is such a long way to answer this question. No, it's great. Oh, it's but great story, this yeah. launched the Watercraft Journal in the first So di- tell us real quick. So Watercraft Journal, how do we find it and what is on okay. this so resource? Basically, you know, I, I jokingly say it's kind of like going to, you know, Chipotle and getting a burrito in a bowl. <laughs> it, you know, it's like it's a burrito, no, tor- no tortilla. So <laughs> It's everything you would expect from a jet ski enthusiast magazine, mm-hmm. but just online. Nice. And there's no passwords. There's no downloads. There's it's all free. There's no subscription. Yeah. There's no subscri- subscription free. Yeah. The, uh, Which feed, is that the model me. that a lot of uh, of these guys try Some to use? Some do. Awesome. Well, for unfortunately, the paywall method. Just, I mean, some people are like, okay, hey, listen, if you have a paywall, now you can access our content. And most folks are like, dude, internet's wild west. Yeah. I'll just get, I'll get it elsewhere. Yep. Yeah. And so I was like. I, I don't want people to go elsewhere. I don't yeah. want them going to the forums. No. I didn't want them going yeah. to. This is pre Facebook. Mm. Right. Uh, I mean, well, don't get me wrong. Facebook been around out, for a long time, but 
no one was using Facebook as all forums like yeah. they right. do today. Yeah. So the magazine, basically the template was, we're going to publish 112 pages worth of content just online every day. Yeah. So every day is a new article, Monday through Friday. And, you know, I use the Facebook pages kind of like our newsstand where it's like, hey, here's the new article. Um, And then I send a newsletter out at the end of the week going, here's all the new stuff. So it's literally Um, like a digital newspaper then. eh, Digital magazine, yeah. Articles. Or magazine, sorry. Right, magazine Mm -hmm. content, you know, I mean, because it's like, here's event coverage. And we we trash the print guys because they're bi-monthly so every other month you're getting a magazine yeah and it's like you're they're covering yeah, events you're constant content that three months right. ago i had double the content double the pictures yeah. and video on yesterday yeah, yeah. i mean just we're kind of curb stomping those guys that's cool and then it's like i'm so able it's, i'm able to integrate video and i'm able yeah. to integrate photo galleries and, what and is, all that kind of stuff and so it's, it's watercraftjournal. all watercraftjournal.com watercraftjournal.com and That's great. It's a great website. I and have, so, I have, just quick, quick, yeah. So, so then the revenue and the way that you pay the bills is it ads. just ads? It's all ads. Yeah, it's just advertising. So, do people just come to you? Like you, you have enough people coming yeah, to you? Like, traffic? how does that like, happen? Or do you have to solicit? Yeah, because I noticed advertisers. Your, I noticed your traffic, like between your two Facebook pages, is like eighty thousand, and then like between your two YouTube channels, about the same. Yeah. Well, the. Um, it's interesting because our her Google edge rank, uh, edge ranking is an old term, but our Google search is pretty killer. And so if anyone goes to Google, if anyone goes to YouTube, they're going to find us fast. You type in CDU, we're in the top three. Um, I mean, at one point with specific searches, we were coming up before Yamaha. We were coming up before CDU. So I was like, (laughs) and what did you, like, how did that happen? (laughs) Uh, Hard work. Yeah. Just, just totally. The There's problem no is easy recipe, right? The it's internet, the internet is a bottomless energy. bucket. You are constantly oh, pouring yeah. water into, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're just, you're just shoveling and shoveling and shoveling. You're like, I love what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I need to remind myself. Um, Which comes in the even if it's something you enjoy, it's right. still work, right? Yeah, it's, it's persistence, mm-hmm. uh, consistency, persistence, and reliability. I've never missed a day of publishing in nine years. Wow! Except that's for like federal crazy. holidays. Easy. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's that's been one of the biggest things. Is I'm like, unless it's a major federal holiday, um, I've never missed a day of publishing. Um, and, and you said that was consistency, persistence. And reliability. Yeah, that's People great. can rely on that's us great. to publish every single day. Now, uh, we've had technical difficulties where the website crashes and or, or it's like, um, sure. you know, GoDaddy or our server or whatever has some sort of technical problem. And then I'll put up like the Simpsons, like technical difficulties, <laughs> like the guy with the uh, with the TV camera with the bottle of whiskey going like, oh, technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm like, hey, sorry, guys. We'll be up as soon as we humanly can. But there will always be an article ready for them when that comes up. Now, in around 2015, all my friends from the auto industry were like, bro, all we see you is doing jet ski stuff. When are you going to do a a Mopar magazine? I'm like, "Eh, I don't really want to. I'm like, "Eh," you know. And excuse me. I said, well, it might be it might be a good excuse to wrench on my car. And I I was in a Mopar club here locally. And. (laughs) And I was like, well, uh, okay, I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of lukewarm it. I'll just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, but then I realized I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. It's like, like your way. My, yeah. you know, like my, my dad's voice was like, you can't have anything. No, 
you know, like grabbing you by the ears, shaking. How many you times violently. did you hear that? Don't half-ass it. I heard that so many times. <laughs> yeah. Don't half-ass it. I didn't know if I could say that, so I was oh, kind of. Yeah, <clears throat> I was kind of teen that one up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that You're welcome. was. Yeah. Well, I, trust, I came from a pretty salty language family, yeah. so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just like. I can't just half-ass it. I, I got a whole asset. Yeah. So, uh, 100% ass. So, <laughs> well, uh, well, and here's the thing is you're already, like you said, putting in time oh, yeah. to to your water sports. I mean, it's every day, basically. Right. Yeah. So then and by this time, it in? was paying the bills. Oh, that's by this great. time, Watercraft Journal was paying the bills. I wasn't doing a side, because I was doing construction the first year and a half. Just trying to keep things. Yeah, because yeah, it was like, hey, listen, you know, we got, hey, $150 advertiser, woo! Let's go celebrate <laughs> yeah. with ice cream at Wendy's. You know? Yeah, I mean it was like cave okay, dollar frosties. You know, it was like yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, but and we were renting our house at the time, and it was you know it was it, it was a struggle to start, and it was like oh, I'm really gonna put it in. And I was doing everything. I mean, I was writing most everything. Man. I was doing all the ad proposals. I was making sure the advertisers were happy. So, what do you think crossed the threshold when you went from doing it and all the other things you could to just keep paying the bills to I can stand on this. What do you think well, was the... What my do you wife think gave the, me three years. My wife's like, we're putting our, we're putting our, you know, $5,000 of savings in. And um, my brother threw some cash in as kind of cool. a, kind of a partner. It was, trust me, nothing in my family is free. And <laughs> <laughs> there was strings attached. Yeah. And, and that was fine. And we, we signed a little contract and blah, blah, blah. Um, but... It was within two years. I was like, okay, well, we're 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 paying the rent, we're covering our groceries. We didn't have a car payment, which was nice. Truck was paid off. Yeah. Family you know, Jeep was paid off, and I was like, okay, we're 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 you, you know, can buy you can we, buy. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I I can take the family to Olive Garden on uh -huh, Friday night. Man, you know, I was upgrade. like, great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, here we go. <laughs> you know, it was like breadsticks and salad, kids. You know, it's, like, it's so cool because I think you know people. A lot of times, people hear business owner and they make all these assumptions, and you know, and you hear all the you know, I don't want to get political, but like you hear all the stuff about about small businesses and like this is it. This is yeah. a small business guy with it's two websites. Yeah. I mean, and and it's right. people don't appreciate just the blood, sweat, and tears, and and just oh, yeah. the joy of like, hey, I can afford Olive Garden with my family. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just and and so we were paying, we were kind of paying the bills, and we were kind of plugging along, and. I was I was really worried about threshold. I'm like, well, am I going to hit some sort of ceiling? You know, is yeah. this going to go only so far? Yeah. So I was like, well, maybe I need to run another magazine. So it was already kind of teed up. It was already on, you know, in the batter's box. And then, um, well, I, I will I do want to say one thing was work ethic and building a name, and I'll tell you why it's so imperative. Was you will find out that the, whatever industry you're in. Um, your reputation does get passed around it absolutely if, if it's does. super negative or super positive. If you're, if you're middle of the road, people got to ask. I'll tell you, when I was going through the struggles and the lawsuits, when it wasn't a lawsuit, but really just kind of the legal thing that was going on, um, they, they, the owners had sent out an email to what they thought were all of the contributors saying, Kevin is no longer with the magazine. <laughs> and the problem was that they sent a basically an entire contacts list email, including all the advertisers. Oh, so you got it all? Were you CC'd? <clears throat> well, it? no, 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 I wasn't. But all of a sudden, my phone started ringing, oh. and it was Cdu, and it was Kawasaki. Yeah, they're it like, was corporate, yeah. and they go, "So you starting your own thing?" Uh -huh. And I go, "What?" 
And they're like, yeah, they just told me you're out, so obviously we're not going to support them. Right. What are you doing? Wow. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there like in our So that little, had to be a little bit of the, the fodder to nine, go. Right? Nine o'clock at night, you know, in my cul-de-sac, barefoot, you know, like answering the phone and Kawasaki corporate's like, let us know when you start your new thing. Wow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh my gosh. But it was just that years of reliability. Yeah. And they're like, this guy's a freight train. We want to get on board. Right. That carried with me. Now, with the car magazine, it was a little bit like, oh, good, another digital magazine. Because <laughs> everyone, everyone was jumping on, yeah. and there was competition, and I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. But the model, I was like, A, there's no one in my itty-bitty niche yeah. that was doing that. Mm-hmm. And B, no one can, I mean, I, I make the joke about being overweight, but I was like, no one can keep up my pace. Right. And, and it's like everyone wants to sprint, and they'll pull ahead of me for a few months or even a year. But I'm a long-distance runner, bro. I yeah. will get you on the big end. Mm-hmm. And just, you're talking about content-wise. Content-wise yeah. and consistency. Yeah. Right. And I'll see guys who will info dump, and then they, then they won't touch it for a couple months, and mm-hmm. then they'll info dump again. Right. And I'm like— And you mentioned earlier the persistence, Persistence. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and the other thing is that the internet rewards persistence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the algorithms. The algorithm, oh boy. Don't get me wrong. I'm chasing that dragon. And <laughs> There are some key things to it, man. Right. And, yeah. and again— I haven't it, figured it out. Here's, an, here's a old-school print guy having to learn how to code. Here's an old-school yeah. print guy learning how to so do, you have, do all that crap. you have other people in on the operation? Or you a little just, bit, yeah. Just like yeah. side— like just contract. Well, everyone is, everyone's freelancer. Yeah. You know, no one comes in and punches a time card. Right. Um, and I'm like, listen, you can make $4,000 a month or you can make $400 a month. It depends on how much you want to work. Just what they want. And I have a phenomenal, uh, I mean, godsend of a, uh, um, web administrator, webmaster, and that's an old term, webmaster. Sure, yeah. You know, makes it sound like a dungeon map. Yeah. <laughs> dungeon master. Is he master. plus five yeah. to yeah. ads? Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your paladin <laughs> rolls a 12. Um, Don't roll the one. So anyway, um, she's been an absolute miracle. I have, what's great is that the car magazine is, I love your logo, by the way. It's just the Mopar logo. So well, cool. that one, that one's hilarious because I love it. I cool. um, if I can tell another story, I, I hate going over so far on all this stuff. But no, it's great. Um, I love it. I had we had come up with a different name. I wasn't going to call it Mopar Connection Magazine. Yeah. And the reason being was that Chrysler, FCA, was, Stellantis, was, somebody owned that. Or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mopar, they are super precious with their uh, trademark. And copyrights. I mean, mm-hmm. like, r- really litigious. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to even want to get into that bed. I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare. So I came up with a really clever name that kind of actually hinted at their old performance catalog in the 70s. They had a performance catalog called Direct Connection. So I called ours Directly Connected. <laughs> and I realized only people over 50 were going to know yeah, this yeah, joke. Uh-huh. And no one knew what we were talking about. And that was for like the first seven, eight months. And I went to a major event. And a buddy of mine who works for Chrysler, he came to me, put his arm around me. He goes, bro, you're going to get the pants suit off you. I'm like, no, 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 man. I'm, 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 I'm doing this work around. He goes, and who do you think you're fooling? He goes, they're going to get you. And I was like, crap, so what do I do? And he goes, oh, you just need to talk to this legal office, talk to this guy, blah, blah, blah. So I reached out, 
and I was kind of like Oliver Twist, like, please, sir, can I have some more? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Don't really, hurt me. Yeah, I was like, I'm I just, mean, I have the Italian, but yeah, don't hurt yeah, me. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm just like hand wringing, like, I'm really a nice guy, and I'm, you know, I'm not poo pooing the new cars, and I'm, you know, I, I swear I'll be nice, you know, I'm like, and. It was really funny because they came back. And they're like, well, let's look, let me look it over. Let's look it over. We'll have the team look at it, blah, blah, blah. And he came back and he goes, no, nah, man, we're cool. We're uh, good. That's cool. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then, no joke, like two or three weeks before Christmas uh, of 2014, mm-hmm. um, I, got a, I got a text message going, hey, we're going to call you in about a half an hour. And I was like, Okay. Is that good? So I go downstairs, yeah. I go to my desk. And it's I'm, Christmas. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, and there was a major there was a major industry event happening within about two or within like a week. So I was getting ready to print out all of my like little handouts and all my little stuff that I was gonna go, you know, booth because yeah. it's a big trade show. Right. I was gonna go booth the booth and be like, Hi, I'm directly yeah. connected magazine and blah blah blah. Yeah. And also my phone rings and I put my headphones on and they're like Hey, Kevin, I'm up on the 11th floor here in Auburn Hills. I'm with the legal department for Chrysler. Uh, We need to have a conversation about your magazine. And I was like, okay. And everyone's like, well, it turns out that we really can't let you use the name. And I was like, oh, crap, dude. Am I, sh- am I being shut down? You're like, and they're like, no, no, no. We really like what you're doing. This is great. You're really positive. You're not... Tra- you know, you're, yeah. you're not just hardcore on the old cars, but yeah. you're doing new stuff. And da, da, da. And I was like, okay, all right. And they're like, yeah, we just really need you to come up with a different name. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then it was funny because I could tell I was on one of those, those uh, conference tables, speakerphones. Yeah, right. yeah. And I just hear this voice. How many people are in the room? Oh yeah. And I hear this voice from like the end of the table, and he goes, "Hey, Kevin, it's Bob Blankety Blank. Uh, Got to ask you a question." I'm like, "How many packs do you smoke a day?" Is that the question? <laughs> you know. And he's like, "So why the hell ain't you using Mopar?" I go, in the name? And he, and he says, yeah. And I said, well, to be honest, I really didn't want the legal battle. Son, you're doing it right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, can I? And he laughs and he goes, yeah, if you can find a name. And I just, I immediately opened up a window on my desktop and, and I was like, like, I'll try this. I was like, Mopar Connection, sold. You know, I'm, I'm on GoDaddy. I'm like, yeah. MoparConnection.com, sold. sold. <laughs> Mopar Connection Magazine, $11. Bing. <laughs> and I go, okay, I just bought it. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I said, thank you for the legal advice. I said, I just bought Mopar Connection Magazine for $12 on GoDaddy. And he's like, well, I'll be damned. All right. <laughs> he goes, send us a logo. He goes, send us a logo and uh, to approve and it's yours. Awesome. And I was like, okay, cool. And then this girl chimes in. And girl, this this woman chimes in and yeah, how unwelcome of you. Well, no, it was, it was very obvious that she was a professional and she's okay. Been you're there a for, soulless redhead. It's fine. Uh, God, <laughs> Daywalker got half a soul. Uh, um, and she goes, you know, I'll tell you what, Kevin, if you if you'd like, you can use the Omega M, which is the wow sanctified oh, name for cool. the big blue M. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and she and she goes, well, you know that Mopar Muscle Magazine can't use it. And so can't these guys. And she names all the other magazines, which included the magazine I start my career with. Wow. Oh, and she wow. goes, they can't. We're going to let you. Oh, wow. that's awesome. And I was like. Talk about like, it's like you were uh, deemed a knight. It's like, well, the, it was like a, Chrysler that, royalty is like. So I was like, okay, thank you. And, and then she leans in. She goes, but if you want to sell T-shirts, we get 17 and a half percent of all those sales. I'm like. 
okay, whatever. You know, I was like, whatever, whatever it takes. You know, like, you know, I'm like, I have a, I have a, I have three kids now. Do you want one? You know, like, whatever, whatever it takes. And so, um, they, so cool. and within like five days, I got the pamphlet and I had to wow. sign everything and send it off. And I show up, I show up at this trade show, this rebranding what's called PRI. Starting and I'm running around off. going, we're Mopar Connection Magazine here. And they're like, whoa, dude, new Mopar Magazine. So oh, that cool. like, that like, yeah, that's huge. Cannon shot us yeah. way ahead. So Which, when I, when John told me, I was like, does he work? For like Chrysler, like I didn't understand right. how yeah. I didn't know right. it was your thing because it's yeah. Mopar. I went to your Facebook right. and I was like, no, dude, like this is he's the guy. Yeah, and we're John licensed. was like, no, it's him. I was like, wow, and, how do you do that? <laughs> and I can say that in our proposals to people, I'm like, we're the only digital magazine officially licensed through what's called now Stellantis, and Stellantis is now the parent company. When the merger of Fiat and Peugeot came in and bought Chrysler mm-hmm. America. They renamed it Stellantis about a year and a half ago, which um, is an interesting choice. Yeah. Doesn't um, sound very American. No. no it used to be FCA, which was Fiat Chrysler America or Fiat Chrysler Automobile. And um, the Americans were like, Fiat Chrysler America. And they're like, dude, it's global. We're like, okay, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. Um, but then for whatever reason, they changed it to Stellantis, and everyone kind of went, <coughs> Okay. I don't, what is that? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I don't What's know. Uh, I think it's, it's a like celestial old... body. Oh, of okay. course. Um, okay. And everyone's kind of like. That's what I see sure. that every day when I look in the mirror. So right. I can't really yes. know that. Woo! <laughs> 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 let me ask you a quick question. Uh, Hubris, one to 11. Uh, <laughs> what do you, of the two, does one play on your heartstrings more? Or you, are you, I mean, uh, it depends on the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or is uh, it just fun to have both? It's fun to have both because it, it's, you know, it's like days I get to drive the car around and hot yeah. rod it around. Because it is a project car. Although I bought that charge, I have a 69 Dodge Charger. We never Which actually Which you'll see it. some pictures. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was, that was our first project car and we've got a handful of different project cars not just mine but the guys who work with me and oh the Mopar Connection crew the Mo, yeah the Mopar Connection guys and and I am absolutely blessed by the guys who work with us because they absolutely know what they're talking about I, I'm really hands off I mean wow, I kind of just cool. I, I literally lightly proofread a lot of these articles and make sure that there's no double spacing or right. you know just do some editing yeah, yeah the layout Dude, looks good I need good. a t-shirt and uh, we yeah. have a Teespring store. Go for that's it. Dude, awesome. the zombie? That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. that is a... That's se- legit. That's a 70 Super B that is yep. um, more rust than car. I and it's in Metal it. Jail out in North Carolina. Uh, it's going to uh, take a long time for that car. Um, I've always... And it's still... I have two... If if life ever blesses me to I have a lot of expendable income, I, I definitely want an old bug. Okay. And I definitely want an old Jeep. Like, oh, cool. I want, but, and I want the Jeep's got to be orange. I want to do orange. <laughs> and, uh, and I definitely want a bug. And I, the bug's probably going to, you know, be yellow at some point. But yeah, I would love to have it. I, I love so that. So, Autobot cool. symbol on the truck. You have these yes. two, cool. these two websites. Right. But then, uh, John had sent me a YouTube channel. Yes. So do you yeah. have what you do? You have more than one YouTube channel. I've seen uh, the Watercraft. Yeah, well, one. they both okay. The watercraft. Wa- watercraft Journal. Um, watercraft. So yeah. Watercraft Journal parts. has kind of gone thermonuclear. Mopar has not, and that's primarily because I really haven't put, quite frankly, the the mental bandwidth into it. Oh, okay. So that's interesting to hear you say because, like, you know, the Watercraft's got lower uh, subscribers than no, Mopar. No, 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 absolutely not. 
Oh, that's interesting. The yeah. the, the water the yeah. watercraft Mopar journal. connection Mopar connection. Oh, I'm looking at a different. Right, sorry. Mopar connection only has close like just over 500. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> subscribers. I'm looking so, at somebody um, else's channel. Yeah, so watercraft this, journal has seven, 17,000. What kind of what happened that made you say? Because I'm guessing you didn't start the YouTube the same time. No, right? no. Because yeah. this probably came uh, many years later. Segwaying into video was was. Kind of, I was kind of drag kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where it's at these days. Man. I know, and the problem is that it's like I'm kind of like the old man banging his table, a hand on the table, like <laughs> you're gonna read. You need to read. Uh, you yeah, morons right. need to read. You're in a different era, brother. <laughs> and people are like, I don't like words. Yeah. I like pictures words, that move. Words, so, words are scary. <laughs> so um, what had happened was that I started using the YouTube channel as supplementary content mm-hmm. to our article. So the article, oh, okay. if I reviewed a new Wave Runner, Yamaha or Cowie or c yeah, or whatever it was. You're posting every day, dude. That's true. Oh, dude, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're kind of crushing it. Oh, that's um, awesome. And... Like our growth rate is bananas. Your your uh, what are these called? What, what are the these? quick topics? No, the thumbnail. the picture. Yeah, the thumbnails thumbnail. are awesome, dude. The We're thumbnails appreciate just, it. Uh, yeah, well, great. it's also everything's got to be aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, no, yeah. It's good. well, that, it makes you want to click on it. Well, it's it's also a little bit of like my graphic arts history kind of mm-hmm. materializing, um, but. Yeah, Watercraft was interesting because it was like it was primarily just an episodic. Like I do one or two episodes, quote unquote. Yeah, a month, and it was like a little eight to ten minute little episode of like, hey, I got my hands on a new Kawasaki. We're gonna go here. <coughs> Let me do a review of it. Blah blah blah, and that video would be inserted into the article, and then we got advertisers on the YouTube channel. And we got sponsors who were like, hey, I want you to wear our life vests. I want you to wear our shorts. I want you to wear our sunglasses. It's so interesting how, like, you'll have, like, a 900 view and then, like, a 3,400 view. Yeah, and then then there'll be the one that's like, here's a quarter million. And you're like, what just happened? We can get, like, a life vest sponsor. Yeah, (laughs) well, I'll wear it. I'll wear it. Show up. I really would love a future episode. (laughs) Yes. I would love it if somebody wanted me to wear a hat for them, dude. Dory thinks he's going to my logo and put a hat on that thing. Yeah. No, that's um, cool, man. And uh, to be honest, a lot of it is reaching out. Is it? Yeah, oh, making yeah. connections. It's reaching out and just saying, hi, this is what we got. We'd love to introduce your or our audience to your product. Yeah, it's you that know. cross. Right. Um, and a stuff. lot of times it's, it, I go back to, I, I make the joke, it's, it's the Rachel slash Diet Coke philosophy. Mm-hmm. was Diet Coke, and this was something that not a lot of people thought about, was Diet Coke paid an exorbitant amount of money during the mid-'90s to have Rachel Green on Friends drink a Diet Coke. On their show, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently Product she didn't placement. like to, so they would just put it on the table. Oh. And she would never drink it, but it was always she would hold it or she'd put it down. And it was one of the – now, obviously, all of – It's the aspartame. Like, man. my wife and all of her – Friends who love the show, friends and still watch it, are gonna be like, Kevin, you know what you're talking about. She drank it all the time. I don't know, but I just remember reading the article about the product placement, mm-hmm. and product placement was so instrumental in those years of television. Dude, I just watched um, Better Off Dead because we were thinking oh about gosh. doing it, right? So all I watched the about, movies back and then check it out. No placement. joke. We were my wife and I were like, holy crap, there's product placement for. Um, What's the, they do the winter gear? 
uh, with the North the Face. North Face oh, yeah. is like on the wall, and then smoking. somewhere else. I was like, yeah. North Face was product placement in yeah. Better well, Off Dead. That's Wayne's crazy. World, right? Wayne's World is <laughs> well, classic were, poke well, at yeah, it, right? Where, yeah. where he's like, like he's like you, talking to the, the camera, the yeah. 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 drinking <laughs> pizza, pizza, uh, and Pepsi. But it's yeah. true. Like back then, yeah. all the movies right. had it. Right. Well, it's still going on now. Yeah. But it went on. I mean, well, think about Disneyland in 1955. Walt's like, I'm not footing the bill for this. So General Electric paid for the train, and oh, I didn't or, know that. or General Electric was the House of Tomorrow, and then you would have, um, you know, the tortilla chips company would suddenly be the sponsor of the Mexican restaurant, right. and or Hormel Chili would be the barbecue right. place. Yeah, and, well, it's you know, and all of it. Who's got that money? Right? There was literally the Carnation Plaza brought to you by Coca Cola, and so. Walt was very smartly going around saying, hey, can you help pitch in on this? And that was always the gig was the Nestle, you know, Nestle was the the, the ice cream shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and that was how the model was. And to be honest, Epcot was the same way. Right. And a lot of it still exists. Yeah. Um, well, I think the interesting so. theme that I'm hearing is that. Uh, it takes hard work and it takes that persistence. Oh, yeah. It takes the consistency to be able to to do things that you want to do. Even if you enjoy it, it still right. takes the hard work. And and even with growing, you know, your channel and, and be able to have an income come from it or growing your websites and have income, you're not just sitting around waiting for people to reach out. You have to put the work. You got to be proactive. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I will definitely convey is you got to be light on your feet. And being light on your feet is also being receptive to change and receptive to yeah. res- uh, to input. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I, well, I make the joke, I got dragged kicking and screaming into YouTube, and now YouTube consists of so much of my day well, every day yeah. because I saw these models that were succeeding, and I was waning in other parts, and I said, okay, well, I need to change it. So every Sunday night we do a live broadcast or live vlog or podcast where I will present quite literally a lesson, a, a, a technical lesson or a technical topic. And I'll do that for about 45 minutes to, to an hour. And then the, the second half an hour or 45 minutes to an hour, I'll take live questions. And I'll take wow. super chat oh, questions. Cool. Wow. And people are like, hey, I'm looking at this. What do you suggest? Or I had this thing break. What do you suggest? And so I'm doing that every oh, Sunday cool. night. Then I take from a news broadcast, I typically Tim Pool, and I looked at him and I go, well, he's taking his three-hour podcast, so was Joe Rogan, right. and cutting it up into smaller yeah. segments. Yeah, we've so, already talked about. I've already talked. So about I'm taking that two one and a half hour, two hour podcast and pulling out ten minutes. Yeah. I'll pull out five minutes. I'll pull out ten minutes. And, and some and of I'll those will up. blow. Like oh, some of those will go nuts. As you can look at yeah. it, and it'll just be this hot topic that'll go bananas. Well, and that's my daily content. Well, one of YouTube. the other things, and I don't know that's anything. Really I don't know anything, but one like you sent me that video. I think it was. Uh, the beast guy and he said it's all like he's like the title oh yeah he's like the title is like hitting the right title he's like a lot of guys will post and then keep working the title until it grabs well and that's the thing you know that john and i've talked a lot about as we've produced the podcast you know it's a lot of fun for us and we have the youtube and, and and it's a lot of fun and we did it to connect and just to do something fun but it's a lot of work. I oh don't think gosh. people realize it's how so much, much work. work. I can't imagine having two websites and two YouTube channels. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Like, yeah. well, you know, Twitter. I mean, you, we have our job, you know, that 
earns a us lot. a living. Right. Yeah. But then to do this, it's not a hobby. It's no. a job. It like, it's work. It's not yeah. easy. Yeah. But it's a blast so far. It yeah. is. And well, we've only had one fight, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it, John it, and I fighting. Yeah. It, we're much. therapists. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, come on. <laughs> Let's be honest. But it, it's the cult of the side hustle. Yeah. You know, there's is, that so. side hustle cult. You don't ever go. I mean, that rabbit hole, it's like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. No, but it's a blast and uh, and and super fun to do. Well, I think that's for, for, you know, I think especially for um, my girls, I love for them to see that, hey, you know, because I do a YouTube channel with them. Okay, cool. And I love for them to see that, hey, it's fun, but, you you know, I ask them to prepare. I ask them to do an outline. I, Felicity's really young. She's only six, yeah. so her doing an outline is a little rough. But <laughs> but then they see, hey, dad has to go and do all this editing afterwards, and it takes right. time, and they see me. And I love them being able to see that, hey, even things you enjoy, it's still, yeah, yeah you right. still have to put in energy, time, work, and, and it's not always easy. I think that goes with everything that has value. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in really good shape, guess what? You're putting the time in. Yep. You don't just yeah. work out, get in shape, and go, well, that's it. I Check wish. Check that box. Oh, and I've it's tried. like, hey, do you want a healthy relationship with time. your wife? Yeah. Yep. You know, that takes time. That takes communication. That takes actual dating. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes yeah. a lot of effort. And everything worth value. I mean, it's, okay, I want a really nice lawn. Yeah. Time. I got a neighbor who's like, The Garden of Eden. Oh yeah, but his lawn's gorgeous. But that that cat's out there every oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah. You have so to <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm like the guy so driving weird. his jeep over the front lawn. Like <laughs> I got so- I got all the groceries. I'm just gonna back into the front door. <laughs> Which is so interesting too. And I don't love this phrase, but it's like I, I don't. I know this has become a little bit of a pop phrase. Like you know, choose your hard. You know, oh, choose yeah. your difficulty. And it's it's really true. I mean, you can suffer with. Uh, a mental illness, you can suffer with an addiction, you can suffer mm-hmm. with a, a family situation that's awful, and and that's work. I mean, that's a pain and a work. You right. know, might as well put your efforts towards something. And, and I know that that's a big crossover, but I right. mean, but it can happen and it's doable. I mean, you know, you're a soulless redhead, and here you are. So. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, I think a lot of it is the decision. You, I mean, you really. I always hated the whole like you choose to be happy. You choose to be happy. No, something to it. But it's a decision of you choose to be everything right. or nothing. Yeah. And if you choose, you have to make that decision. And if you're if you're committed to it, then you're going to grind. Yeah. And there there's a few things to it. And it's like I was very lucky as a as a young man, as a teenager, was that a lot of a lot of kids at the time weren't aspirational. They didn't look to the older guys at church or a teacher or they didn't have a mentor or they didn't seek a mentor. Mm. I love mentors. And the mentorship or even if it's a good example, you look at a guy and you're like, what traits of that guy does does that man – Represent or woman yeah, for that for that matter, and and it's like what what qualities or traits do they have that I want right. that I respect, and you know it's like I was th- I'm very thankful that I had a father who was present and was hardworking yeah. and had certain I mean there was there was certain stuff that it's like okay well he's a guy but there was other stuff that it's like the, these are rock solid Principles. pylons yeah. Yeah. that are part of his structure. Right. And I respected that. And it was like, you know, of all the things I could look at my dad and it was like, the guy got the job done. Right. He, he delivered. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I respect that. 
Right. And there was a, there was just little things that for me, and it's not going to be the same for you or sure. anyone else, but it was like these were the things that I respected that I was like, okay, well, I want to emulate that. And I and it's funny, as an adult, you kind of feel like you're like, I'm literally just copying this person, but no one knows this guy, so it looks like it's original well, it's to me. Well, still, yeah, it's still you anyway. <laughs> Even if you are carbon copying a principle or a way of being, it's you're still you, and you're yeah, still going to pull that on. Time, and, yeah. Yeah. And that authenticity, but everyone does that. Yeah, yeah, and that authenticity sings through. So I think this is a great segue um, to Star Wars because you brought <laughs> up so because like one of my questions that I wanted to hear from you is you know what character from the Star Wars universe is Ooh. one that you love and so I'll just jump oh, in yeah. with mine uh, because I I don't know what it is I don't know if I've had I've had some good mentors Alphonse Pignatero was my therapeutic mentor Alphonse I hope you, you listen to the show but <laughs> he was fantastic in everything I needed he was the Italian old guy he was northeast um, he was a little, he had this gigolo feel to him, but he also, and he was this big man, but he was also just so genuinely loving and he had been through some hard things and man alive. It was just the perfect mentor that I needed in graduate school for family therapy. I was in Philadelphia at Drexel university and, and man alive, I needed that. And, and I just love the, the, the metaphors and, and the style and the story of mentors. That's why Karate Kid is one of my all-time right. favorite mm-hmm. movies. And then of the Star Wars movies, I mean, as a little kid, I love the Ewoks and Return of the Jedi, but sure. for sure it's it's the second it's the second it's movie. Empire. Yeah, Empire. it's Empire. Okay. And and that whole part of the movie that I love everything about Yoda. Okay. I, mm. I love every I All love right. the feel, I love the wisdom, I love the, the growl. Master. I yeah. love so your yeah, favorite the, is Yoda. Oh dude, yeah, the yeah. tired mm. master that ah. just loves Loves it all, and and I and I, I I totally fell for number two when he spun around at you know putting back Count Dooku. I I know that like right. there's critique, but I just I, I love oh it. yeah and Clone I, Wars. yeah well, I love I just love it. You want to see you know you want to see your character at their height, and I, I and I really that. hope they do the origin stories. I really hope okay. they do, and I hope they do them great because right. I freaking love. Okay, Kevin, Yoda. you you yeah, can go next. It. I'll go after. Well, <laughs> or unless you want me to go next, I don't care. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so this is a tough one. I just, I love, like, Star Wars. I love anything Star Wars. But as, since I've been little, I have always, and, and especially reading a lot of, like, the Legends material. So Legends material would be post, or, or pre-Disney right. buying. So, like, the Expanded Universe. Oh, man, Obi-Wan. The Zahn trilogy. And yes, yep. Yeah, yeah, the original. I know them. Original Zahn trilogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, the, the originally, <laughs> original Thrawn til- trilogy by, by Zahn. Uh-huh. Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, has always, I, I I just love Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love his role as a mentor. I love the the power, and especially in some of the expanded universe, it's just insane. Um, he's he's up there. I do like Yoda a lot. Um, I do, you know, I do like some expanded universe characters that weren't in, yeah, I can think of a couple that still haven't been in movies. But I, I'll go with Obi Wan. It's a okay. hard. That's a really hard question to answer, right. and I could talk a lot about. But but I think Obi Wan is who I'll go with. All right, right. let's hear it. Well, um, okay. So I'm getting deep into my literature. Uh huh. Of the Star Wars universe right now. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, you mean uh, my your character? Liter- my like literature degree. Oh, okay. And I'm gonna pull because uh, the reason why I think we all gravitate towards anything. 
mm-hmm. is it speaks to our individual personality and our individual goals. Sure. That's and cool. Yeah. It talks to us. Absolutely. And it could be why people really gravitate towards Harry Potter. Yeah. And and of the Harry Potter universe, they'll be like, I really love Hermione or I really yeah, love Ron. Sure. Yeah. Or Those I, archetypes. Right. Well, they, these characters, again, represent something more than just a character. And so Absolutely. it is an archetype. Yeah. Um, and when we look at Star Wars and we look at the universe that it has created um, and we go from the really rough original, I mean, you go back to 1977 Star Wars, we go to A New Hope, and we look, and these are blatant archetypes. Uh-huh. These, I mean, they are, there is not a lot of nuance here. Sure. These are, <laughs> hey, I'm the wide-eyed farm boy who <laughs> yeah, wants to get Luke, off the farm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like and, as as I, <laughs> and I am the mythical wizard. Yeah, who, right. and, yeah. I, and I am the self-serving pirate who's only yeah. out for you know, fortune and yeah, glory. Yeah. And I am the damsel in distress and I'm yeah. the big bad guy. And, yeah. and these Which are, is like the epitome of the big bad guy. Well, yeah. but it's like, these are these massive archetypes. Yeah. But the nuance is what makes these lasting characters. And then we see progression in them. And that's when they become, that's when they become sacred. Yeah. That's when they become something that is absolutely individually of value. And of that, I mean, for the longest time, I'd say Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, well, why does Obi-Wan Kenobi speak to me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, he's the mythical wizard. Oh, are you talking about Ben Kenobi out on the outer, yeah. you know, out in the outer desert? And, oh, yeah, I haven't seen him in years, and he's a weirdo, and you don't want to talk to that guy, and he's kind of a creep. And, <laughs> he might molest children. Yeah, and th- then you show up, and your intro is him doing a bantha scream, and, uh-huh. and he's like, what is this dude, <laughs> right? And he's, and he's like, hello there. I mean, that's our intro. It's like this. this and he's British, apparently. Right, so, yeah, yeah, because, but see, as British, it sounds wise. To Americans, yeah, it sounds wise, yeah. and it sounds other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's he, what we talked about with Miyagi, right? right is that he had yeah. that foreign right. feel. Yeah. And so he's, he's 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 other. He's different. He's unique. Yeah. And then we find that Kenobi represents the old way. Yeah. And he represents the monolith tradition. of what of tradi- the tradition yeah. of the Jedi and all of these things. And he goes, I am this well of knowledge. That is a, of a bygone era. Yeah. And so that's when Luke says, I want to learn the way of the Force. Yeah. Tap me right. into this tradition. Exactly. So unfortunately, um, I mean, Lucas has said this in multiple interviews, and I know we were talking about it in, prior, to the, prior to the show, was literally on set, Lucas had a copy of Joseph Campbell's The Hero of Many Faces. Dude, we gotta, I gotta do right. I've, I've heard this guy's name like five times and okay. I feel ignorant. So, so Campbell, sure Cam- okay, so Campbell came out. Have you told us your favorite character? No, well, I'm getting to it. Oh, okay, all right. We, like, we we're still working to, on it. Okay. We've he's, got a well, long no, no. arc. Well, we have to, we have to get there. <laughs> no, that's and fine, we, dude. And we have yeah. to come to understand. And, and Bring me to it. Okay. Preach so to me. So Campbell comes up around the same time as just a little bit after Tolkien. And who is Campbell? He's just Cam- an author? Or? Uh, Campbell was a professor. Just an author? No, no, I think no. we're going to get in trouble. Sorry. Sorry. I, I didn't mean it that way. No, I didn't know if he does but other he, things. He, or. he was, he was <laughs> I, I, guy, I can't remember what university he taught at. But he was, okay. he was a, he was a literature writing mm-hmm. professor and coach and, 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 and an author in his own right. And I mean, 
he's a he's a very storied career. Okay, but his and he was primarily in focused in Greek mythology and the mythos of storytelling and why do humans need storytelling mm. and and why does every culture have oh, yeah, we got it. these we need, heroes well we need scripts i mean from a developmental um, behaviorist perspective, which is one of the things that's lost in some of the craziness that's happening today, which, you know, we won't get into the woke, all that kind of stuff, but, but we need scripts. We need an outline. We, we need, our mind needs a structure. You know, we were talking about this in our, our, our last episode, which actually might post after this, that there is, there is contention or so, strain so between idea, order and chaos. It provides like purpose and meaning for us. Is that kind yeah. of the idea? Uh, or, or well, it, it also provides examples. Yes. It okay. provides, I mean, it, these storytelling mechanisms provide us of what are aspirational character traits? Mm. What are good character traits in our society? What are bad character traits in our society? What should we learn from these characters yeah. to build our society? I go, I mean, anthropologically, it's really fun to kind of look back and say, okay, in the last 150 years, how has America grown and changed, whether bad or good, in our storytelling, in our hero worship? Sure. So it's like, okay, well... George Washington cut down the cherry tree. Never happened. George right. Washington threw a nickel across the Potomac. Never yeah, happened. Yeah. George Washington had wooden teeth. No, he didn't. I mean, <laughs> it was, yeah, he had false teeth, and they made a wooden template to make porcelain uh-huh. teeth from, but it was l- literally like for a day they carved them. So this Joseph so, Campbell that we're hearkening to, is this the guy, did he pass in 87? Is that this guy? I believe so, yes. So yeah, he's, he's early 19th century. Okay, yeah. Or 20th century. So, um... He goes back and he starts saying, listen, all of these cultures, mm-hmm. they're all repeating the same Archety- archetypes. Yeah. They're all repeating the same story. So what he creates is what's called the, the hero's journey or the hero's cycle. Right. And the hero's journey is basically like the call to action or, right. you know, the wide-eyed farm boy mm-hmm. um, or the, the orphan yep. who right. meets the mystical guide or the mystical wizard and he takes him on a journey. And he takes them on uh, into a far a faraway land. In that process, he meets or gathers friends and associates yeah. who go up against their challenge. They Lifo. meet. They meet their lowest point. Their lowest point is everyone's lost. Er, you know where Confused, you know we're gonna lose. Disenfranchised. And this yeah. is where it's it is a little bit of the do my principles, do my Hold core up. principles. Hold up. Do they, yeah. you know... Well, I think one of the other really... Lord of the Rings, too, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's Harry it Potter. That. It's Lord of the yeah, Rings. it's all the big, it's, like... It's every one love. of them. It's mm-hmm. every one of them. So, and, and one of the things that's, I think, a really important characteristic to the beginner of the hero's journey is the sense of there's something more to me. Correct. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, that we that all need that. Feeling. We all feel that, it right? It is appealing. It is yeah. we're, in, we're in our... Well, it's like a divine thing, I agree. right? It is a call to action, whether... I mean, I hate to say it, but it was like, what's holding Luke back from getting off-world? Uncle Owen, Aunt Baru, mm-hmm. I the need farm. you for this season. I maybe next year we can. Maybe next year get we'll have the money droids. to get you. Yeah. yeah, but the problem is, what happens? The stormtroopers come, they wipe them out. So yeah. now he has got nothing holding right. him back. Mm-hmm. So he turns to Obi Wan and he goes, "Let's do it. I got to go." So they go to Mos Eisley, and who do they encounter? Han and Chewie, right? Yep. Yeah. And now you have the very. You have a, a selfless person who's yeah. brave, right? Luke is brave. He, he never lacks in being brave. So sure. Luke's your guy. Luke is my guy. Yeah, the Luke, new hope. Luke has to be my new guy. Yeah. Because everything hinges on Luke. 
Luke is the core. Mm-hmm. And w- the core principles of Luke are bravery, even in courage, absolute, sure, yeah. you know, overwhelming odds. Luke is not afraid. You will be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one thing. He's like, I'm not afraid. He goes to he goes to Dagobah and he says, yep. I want to learn the ways of the force. And Yoda's like, you're, you know, there's a lot, you know, you're, you're biting <laughs> you off know. a lot. And he's like, <laughs> Once you find out which, dad is which just to cut it real quick, that's one of my favorite Obi-Wan scenes where, where we have Yoda, like this mythical figure, right? Right. Who's kind of questioning. And then who comes to him? Like to talk him into Yeah. He's and like, says on, to him, hey, Was I any you can do it. Right. You can. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things with Obi Wan right. is that even it Luke, is a or even even Yoda, who for me is like, oh man, it's He's Yoda, was w- looked to you know needed right. needed that help. But I, right. I'm sorry, this is yeah. not your no, point. No, no, I agree. But I, I agree. Um, and, and you're not wrong whatsoever. I think, but see, it's all part to servicing yeah. Luke's growth. It's a great mm. point. And. In New Hope, they were not expecting to make more movies. They're like, "This is a one and done, bro. We're done." And so we see a, we see Luke's growth. Wherein, all right, I'm going to meet the challenge. Yeah, I'm going to rise to the challenge. We got to go save the princess from the evil castle. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's that effort. Right. Okay, and you have the, the pirate. But see, the pirate brings in, you know, Han brings in experience. Yeah. He's yeah. weathered. And swag. Yeah. You know, he does bring in, you know. And but, he's got Chewy, like, please. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the coolest sidekick ever. <laughs> yeah, a seven foot tall, like, <laughs> murder dog. It's awesome. <laughs> that's just um, chilling always in the background. Yeah. He's got your back. Of course, he also flies the plane and has the bigger gun. You're like, yeah. Well, the, the dog does all the work. <laughs> yeah. Man. What the heck? He's so, the muscle. Yeah. So, but then we see Luke, Luke. Says, well, "Hey, I'm a I'm a decent pilot. I can mm-hmm. be part of this raid." And he's the fill-in, and he's the guy who makes the killing shot. All right. So he's we got the secret sauce. Well, the secret sauce is we we know that he's gravitating towards the Force, and that's and Obi Wan comes in ethereally and says, "Let go, Luke." Yeah. All right, we got it off. So yeah. we see Luke's growth there, and for a one movie, okay, that's great. Yeah, but Empire, and I know mo- most people, most fans will say, "Oh, Empire is the best movie." Empire is the best it. movie. I just love it. The I problem is that Empire is like incomplete. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Empire is an incomplete story. Oh, absolutely, sure. Because it takes them to their hardest. Uh, it, it presses the characters to their hardest point. Yeah, you have right. to have. But you, you have, have to. to have it's more. it's yeah. the press. It's right. the press of the mm-hmm. story. Yeah. So Luke gets challenged. The and adversity. Luke, Mm-hmm. Luke loses because Luke, Luke doesn't understand the spirit behind the force, which is it's never offense. It's always defense. Mm, all yeah. right. You will lose because he picked a fight with Vader. Yeah. All right. And then. Instead of the fight coming to him. Right. right. And then, then you're standing on your principles. You're standing on the notion of, you know, defending. Right. Versus. Uh, I'm going to go kill Vader. Vader. Which is a really great point right yeah. there because when we look at how we respond in our communication when we attack mm-hmm. 
Right. It's usually from a point of shame that mm-hmm. we're not recognizing. Right. Well, and, and but you, when we don't attack, we're we're in control of what our right. self view is, what our self story is, yes. and we're allowed, or we allow ourselves to hear, yes. and then to respond. Right. And usually that right. conversation goes better. Well, when you go on the offensive as well, you're just instantly going to put the other person on the defense. Well, of course, because right? and then, then your shame triggers their yes, shame. Yes, exactly. Right? And that's mm-hmm. the real. That's 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 war, right? Well, certainly, um, and it's also the. Re- Response versus react mm-hmm. uh, yeah. mechanism. So, you know, if you have time to respond, you're more well thoughtful. You yeah. are you're a little bit. You're not out of control, right? You're, you're you can you can take you can take assessment of what's coming at which, you. Which I loved in episode one. You know, the the juxtaposition of of um, uh, uh, episode one. Qui-Gon. Is, yeah, Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and Darth Maul. Yes. You know, oh, sure. He just like chills. Like, he gets on yeah. his knees. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's just yeah, so, that it's is so like, I'm himself. like, the, let me just right. chill well, for a minute. Let me get my too. heart right down. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Let me get my heart right down for a second and Darth Maul is like, all right. Pacing. Well, he's yeah. pacing like a cat. Yeah. yeah. That's the most interesting fit. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, body language. Yeah. He's pacing. So back and forth like a cat I love that they brought him back. I'm so excited. And, well, it shows you Two different mindsets. Yeah, yeah. Um, brilliantly. But we w- took you off. You're, no, no, it's okay. You're, it's okay. So Empire, Empire has to break down the characters. It has mm-hmm. to break them all down. Um, and we know that Han, Han's in love with Leia. Yeah. They're building a relationship. Now, mind you, it's more of a, an attraction. I did not get that as a kid. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no. not kidding. Like, oh, as really? a kid, no, I like. I was like, Luke's getting the girl. Of course, he's the hero. Well, Please. Yeah, yeah no. I guess I didn't as a know. kid, it's harder to see the Well, they <laughs> the didn't either, but, right. we, but we're seeing that tug from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. She goes, I'd sooner kiss a Wookiee. He goes, I can arrange that. <laughs> I know a Wookiee. He needs a good kiss. <laughs> but they're, they're combative. They're yeah. combative. And then we have, we have the Mylock scene where they're... You know, you know, on the mylock. Yeah, you know. yeah. But, when they're hiding in the. But there, but yeah. I, I love is like, well, maybe you need a, more scoundrels in your life, right. and she's, and she's like, stop it, you're hurting. You know, it's, uh-huh. but it's, it's this tug, right? And then of course C three PO comes in and blocks him, and he's like, thank you, appreciate you, brother. Thank you, you're very always here much. when I need you. C three PO always just the most <laughs> useful character. We know that Leia is growing attached because when Han disappears, she's like, okay, something's yeah. wrong, right? And then they're torturing Han. They effectively kill Han, she's like, oh my gosh. So she gets broken down and dismantled. I love that they leave you hanging. I love that they leave you hanging until the beginning of it. Well, Return of the Jedi, who shows up to save Han, right? Yeah, the opener of Return is just... Jedi needed to happen for so many reasons. And why people are like, I don't like Jedi. I'm like, you don't like Jedi. You don't like Jedi because of the Ewoks. The Ewoks are I loved the Ewoks. Well, I know, but it's cool to... To, to crap on the Ewoks. And right. I'm like, bro, where did all those helmets that they're playing come from at the end? Right. What did the Ewoks want to do to Han and Luke? Yeah. yeah. Those little <laughs> yeah. those little bastards were eating the stormtroopers. <laughs> Wicked is so cute. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Like, surely they don't eat people. <laughs> they, uh, don't you remember yeah, that whole yeah, scene? Yeah. They are spit roasting yeah. Han. Yeah. I'm like, they're eating stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, the they end. made them cute and cuddly yeah. for the kids, but yeah. Yeah. For Look, me, I so Return of the Jedi is it's always been a like it, it's always been one of my favorite, and everyone always says, "Well, no Empire," em, like everyone no, always right. likes Empire, yeah. but I love Episode Six because for me, I love I just love the ending. I love seeing 
Anakin come back. Right? That's okay. his father. For so me, yeah. that's why it's so imperative because what is the prophecy? The prophecy of the Force mm-hmm. is that he will bring balance to the Force. Yes. Ironically mm-hmm. enough, it's not Anakin mm-hmm. because who brings Anakin back? Yeah, it's Luke. Luke. Luke yeah. And but see, how does Luke approach Vader? He approaches him. Hands over the lightsaber, yeah. Yeah. is allowed to be cuffed, and he says, I know there's still good in you. Yeah, through love. Vader snaps, and he looks at me and goes, dude. it's too late for me. No, yeah. dude. It's too late. Never too late. He knows, well, at least he thinks he knows, I'm done. Yeah. I can't come back. Mm-hmm. And I acknowledge Redemption. where I was. Yeah. And, I, and he's like, I can't be redeemed. It's too, I'm too it's gone. Too late. Yeah. Too much so atrocity, too much that, genocide. That line alone yeah. says, I have too much blood on my hands. I've done too much. Mm-hmm. This is a wasted effort. Mm-hmm. And Luke, who's like, hey, Space Hitler, I think I can, <laughs> I think I can redeem I got you. you. I'm your kid, man. <laughs> yeah. He says, I think I can redeem you. Where is that coming from? Yeah. He's seen with absolute unmitigated courage, I'm going to yeah. present myself to the most vile person in the yeah. in the galaxy, yeah. and I'm gonna change you back to good. Obi Wan's like, bro, he's more machine now than man, <laughs> right, twisted yeah. and evil, and he just killed me. So, well, and later, you know, years later, we get we get even more backstory, right? Correct. Well, even through expanded universe, we get backstory, but you know. You don't realize the right. Obi Wan uh, Anakin story, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, you get a How hint of it back. in four yeah. that oh, there's something, but it's really it's a throwaway line. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good friend. Mm-hmm. He was a cunning warrior and a good friend. Yeah. Okay, and we get three movies from that one line. Yeah, <laughs> but Luke, Luke shows up not as the warrior but as the priest. Oh yeah, that's Luke cool. shows that's up. Sure, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's not. Hubris. He's not episode five. He's no. not. Yeah. He's I'm, learned his I'm, lesson. I'm come to revenge yeah. Obi-Wan. I've come yeah. to I've come to strike you down because you're evil. My 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 reasoning is just by all means. Sure. But he's doing doing it the wrong way. He failed. Yeah. He lost a hand. Right. So we go to Empire and first we learn that Vader is not the big bad da- big baddie. We got another one. Yeah. He also, you know, he also comes to Vader to redeem Vader, which doesn't make sense to the audience. The audience is like, dude, he's this like, Vader. The, yeah, it's Vader. Oh my gosh. You know, six foot six giant David Prowse, <laughs> like crushing people's necks and like blowing up planets. And this guy, you know, we don't know about what he did in the Jedi Temple to the younglings. Uh, yeah, we don't know any of that. Devastating. Yeah. So anyway, he comes in fully ready to sacrifice himself, self-sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am doing this. It's bigger than me. Right. All right. Got to bring balance. The one thing I got to get you, I got to correct you from episode one. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, you I'm, mean I'm, our episode. Your one. episode. Oh, sure, not go the ahead. episode. All right. Correct us. When does Luke go on the offense? What's the line that triggers him? Oh, yeah, it's that when was the Darcidius. Well, no. he's, I said he was getting mocked. Oh, no. when is it? That when is it? Wrong. He does, he goes, take it, strike me down. Because he says, your friends are lost. Right. Your uh, little rebellion uh, will be your crushed. Little rebellion. Okay. Yeah. So he's mocking him, yes, yeah. but he puts his friends in, friends in danger. He takes it up and he gets blocked. He immediately pulls it back down and Vader comes at him. Because uh-huh. Vader's like, right. this is where you square off. With me, and either you become the apprentice of the emperor, or, or you die, or you're gone. Yeah. And he says, "I'm not going to fight you," and he starts hiding. Vader starts 
poking through the force. And what does he say? Oh. If you won't turn. Sister. Sister. Yeah. Oh. That's it. He goes on the defense of his sister. Mm. And that's when he's like, I have to defend Leia. Yeah. And that's when he's like, I'm righteously protecting right. Leia. I have a reason now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's when he takes down Vader. It's not, I have to save the rebellion. Yeah. It's, I have to, to protect sister. Leia. Because I know you're a threat to Leia. Yeah. So it's like, because he loves her. It's out of love. It's out of protection. Yeah. So he does that. And that's only when he he defeats him in hand-to-hand combat. Good. <laughs> Good. Now finish him. Mm-hmm. He won't. Yeah, he goes, yeah. no. And he throws the sword away. Right. Yeah. He throws it away. It's not about beating him. Yeah, it's not about beating him. It's disarming him. Okay, and it's saving. And he goes, no, I am a Jedi like my father. He goes, good, you can die like a Jedi. And then, of course, we know Anakin throws him down the pit. And that is Anakin's redemption, is realizing, okay, so we see the pendulum swing. Mm -hmm. And so that is Luke's arc, and Luke's arc has to complete. Luke exists to complete Anakin's Ark. Yeah, that is the fulfillment of prophecy. Awesome. So good. Luke has to exist in order to fulfill the prophecy, mm, Anakin's yeah. prophecy. Right. So not, that is why not to he's go a down, vehicle. Like, too much of a rabbit hole with this, but I just have to mention, I think therein lies, and I hope this doesn't open up a huge rabbit hole, but therein lies <laughs> the issue why it's so hard to have Luke like being hiding. Oh, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't right. know. I, I literally That's put my ears ago. That's so down. hard yeah. because they that. didn't understand well, the characters. Well, it doesn't make sense, right? It does. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, once, that, once they reveal that someone, part of the story, right. it's like, come on. Well, someone right. who has who has such conviction, right. right, and and absence of this kind of like absence of fear. Right. Well, and to has be why fearful. would they go high right? And right. who has climbed? So I'm sorry. I just who, I just no, no, no. You're say correct. That. And who has climbed the hierarchical structure? Right. I mean, yeah. he became the restorer. Right. And it's like and, he's and, not going to. But disappear. see that that that's the whole thing is, and I want to I want to add to that by going back one step. Mm-hmm. Han Solo has an arc, and yeah. no one believes that Han has an arc. In fact, Harrison Ford never saw the arc. He's like, uh, yeah, ah, kill he, me. Yeah, he wanted he's done. to be killed. He's done. Off. I go mm-hmm. wrong. Because he has to be completed in that we go from the self-centered, selfish, I'm just here for my reward, kid. Yeah. Now, at the end, he goes, oh, I got to help out Luke. And so he do, he actually gets the shot off onto, onto Vader and gets him. All right, kid, let's blow this place. Get out of yeah. here. All right, that's the line. So Han sticks around. When we get to Empire, Han's been around. And he knows. Yep. He's like, I have a bounty on my head, but I've been hanging out with you guys for three years. Yep. I got to go make this right. right. And they go, okay, go ahead. We give you permission. Mm-hmm. Leia's mad he's leaving, not because he's leaving permanently, but just that he'll be gone. Yeah. Because she's t- she's fighting with the fact of, do yeah. I love him or not? Exactly. And that's why they're doing this. They're doing the right. schoolyard, right. pulling mm-hmm. each other's hair and calling yep, each other names. They're being right. kids. But... <laughs> We know the level of her affection for him yeah. by the end of Empire, beginning of Jedi. Right. You know, who who's that? Someone who loves you. Okay. <laughs> He's like, all right, I got it. Yeah. By the end of Jedi, the best is the end of Jedi. They said, well, who's going to lead this thing? And they're like, well, we got someone. General Solo. Yeah. And he comes in. He goes, he volunteered. He's now sacrificing. He is yeah. now doing for something 
not because of Which money. Which is a beautiful number one. Yeah, it is. A number yeah, one, my motivation is money. Number two, my motivation is the girl. Number three, my motivation is something bigger than me. Right? Yeah. Well, don't forget friendship in there as well, right? Well, yeah, but it's bigger yeah. than me. Yeah. Which right. is a whole archetype that you see in other movies too, Correct. right? You see this, like and it's not. a really cool right. story to see someone who comes from like this selfish perspective that then uh, turns into finding a place, correct? finding meaning, finding happiness, and through that joy. Right. And it's no longer a selfish thing. And being willing to sacrifice, being yes. willing to lay it out. It's a really uh, cool right. archetype also. And that is why Solo's arc matters. Mm. And that's why that's why Jedi is so imperative to Solo. Mm. And I have a friend yeah. of mine who's like, oh, dude, he could have been out. I'm like, then he's incomplete. Yeah. He's incomplete. And by the end of Solo, or, or, or the end of, excuse me, Jedi, we know that Han Solo is now a bigger person. Yep. He now has a bigger scope. So to show up in Episode 7 and say, yeah. well, he's a deadbeat dad and he's off being a space pirate again, yeah. is to completely and totally unravel all of that oh, growth. Yeah. Well, that's what they, I mean, unfortunately, that's well, what they did. And with this ultimately, and they, and it's they nostalgia, right? So when I saw Episode 7, just to see, oh, like, I got yeah. teary-eyed, right. Yeah, right? Because it's like, oh, but it's just it so takes, nostalgic. Especially to resurrect um, oh, the yeah. Falcon. I mean, it's... Yeah. Just, yeah. And, and the it, fact you don't see Luke, to, I could just go on, but uh, it, it just there's a lot of the, nostalgia, but yeah. That's There's the problem is that things. they're hitting that dopamine button. Yeah, right. It's the rat with the dopamine yeah, button. Totally and then we're just clicking that button going, oh, yeah. that feels good. Yeah. Ooh, that's familiar. Ooh, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. it's the South Park member berries. It's like, <laughs> yeah. remember when? Remember this? Yeah. And we're doing that. And that's the problem is that it's an absolute dopamine high for two hours. But then it ultimately, it's un, it's it's not satisfying. It's right. it's eating. It, you know, it's it's reaching into the Twinkies. refrigerator and getting that can of whipped cream and going. It, and, it hit my sure. dopamine button good. I think oh, I, I think I went four times. Right. Five times I maybe. Went three. I think I went. Three. And maybe it's because well, I wanted I more. Right? I was like, wait, right. wait, wait. But see, we also <laughs> ended Jedi, or we also ended Force Awakens going. Okay, well, let's see where they yeah, go with this. Where are they but going? the problem is, is that we knew. The people who were who were in charge of Star Wars didn't respect the characters. Yeah. They wanted the money. It was a cash grab. And they didn't they, have they did not they have got a, a lot of money. Well, oh, certainly. <laughs> well, but you notice every movie made less money. Yeah, it did. Every movie made less it money. Did. And um, it's because the characters and the growth of the characters aren't fulfilling were them. muted they yeah. were they were damned quite literally they were they were damned from their yeah, progress you felt that a little bit each time right each, each movie well especially the it, classic characters yeah oh, you, you start to feel yeah. it more and more by well, the none time of them could nine. grow either kylo ren yeah. had no growth yeah and and neither did ray to be honest so you think that's because they didn't like they maybe tried to kind of create a new what is it joseph campbell like they the tried to create arc. a new one with ray but they used they used the last one incorrectly and so, so is this, it kind a, hard, of ruined I, this is a hard is question there was, was a hard no, question there was no compulsion for any of those characters mm. so yeah i was i was gonna ask the hard question is is it you know it's interesting and I don't. I want to be careful out of this, but you know, it's interesting in the in the attempt to undermine the patriarchal hierarchy. It's like you're, they're trying to find a new story, a new archetype. Yeah. And it and, it, and it, they're 
and maybe they're genuinely trying to reinvent it, and it's like, but it doesn't hold, it doesn't, it doesn't but maybe sing it doesn't to your need soul. To be well, well t- no, it doesn't it, sing to your soul. It yeah. doesn't tell you the story that you need to hear, right? Mm. Like we don't quite. I mean, they they don't quite ever do that well for Ray. That you know, arc, they don't, it's true. That it's, arc, not, it's not as fulfilling, right? No. Yeah. You're you're kind of still left with like, wait, well, where's C- the Campbell's arc? Campbell's arc has been repeated for millennia. Sure. Mm-hmm. By That's true. By thousands of societies. So the arc still, although you can tweak it, still has to be satisfactory for character development. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately you want to say, well, what am I getting out of that character? Right. What what is that yeah. what does that character represent? It's not just Teach me. Right. And so the problem is is that at no point do we see fa- do we see Ray fail. At no point do we see her be challenged. It's she's no growth arc. Instead, she beats Luke Skywalker at sword fighting. I mean, what? It's nonsense. Yeah. This guy disarmed Darth Vader. And it's like, oh, zip, zip, zip. Yeah, oh. And, and, and it's 20 years later. Right. It's not like it and, is. You know. And it's like, oh, I can outfly the Millennium Falcon or I can out-engineer the Millennium Falcon better than Han. It's like, oh my gosh, how do we do this? Oh, I just reverse this and do do well, So she's better. She's better at flying the Falcon than Han. She's better at sword fighting and so the Force. What does she have to than, than than Luke? And she's better at the Force than Palpatine because she can make an X with two lightsabers. Sure. So because that's the magic. Yeah. That's the magic thing is making. If you have two lightsabers, you can make an X, and then you don't. You know, you don't fall susceptible to the dark side. So, well, the interesting thing I think is what you were just saying with this uh, this arc, right? The the really what is Luke's saga, which right. really is Star Wars, right? right. It's the Skywalker saga, right? right. And and Ray technically isn't a Skywalker, right? She's not. <laughs> she's kind of like this honorary Skywalker. No, but she's the real not. story is she's neither. Is she's Luke. a thief. <laughs> the real story is the Skywalker saga, and it's interesting, right? Because you mention. Like you bring up this point in six where there's these crucial moments where Luke really stands up for what he is. Correct. And because of that, you see um, uh, uh, Darth Vader right. uh, kind of diminish and Anakin return. Correct. And and it's interesting as you're talking about this, I'm kind of thinking, and I think about nine, and I'm thinking, okay, so we first have, think we about have three. Ben. No, no, no. First, com- about th- think about three first. Think about <clears throat> the same challenge arises that was between the Emperor Vader and Luke, mm-hmm. and think about how that was paralleled to three, and how Anakin yeah. failed that test, yes. where Luke succeeded. Where there was no test in nine. Which I do like the parallels, right? And I, I could see how they tried to do the parallels in mm-hmm. seven, eight, and nine. Right. And that's where I think nine is a little tough with the parallel because they're trying to use um, Ben coming back from Kylo right. and Ray is the Luke, right? Yeah. But, but, but I don't feel like you have the emotional connections that you just described no. from six, right? No. Or even three. I've always loved three because like it's three really too. interesting to see. I, I think two, you start to see Anakin, right? Start to right. see that come in. But three, I've always found interesting because then you see, you see the, Full transition to crazy to right. Vader, yeah. Right. Yeah. but then with nine, you know, it's kind of I'm as you've been talking, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I can see how you just described this this 
really this emotional connection that we get. And then the meaning of Luke fulfilling this prophecy, trying to be parallel. Sorry, I think I said nine. In six. Yes. In six, we see this. Yeah. And then, and then we try to see it get paralleled in nine. But it doesn't have the same. Like, doesn't punch when, you. When yeah. when Kylo, like when Ben came back, right? I don't. I didn't feel like three. Or sorry, six. I need to just use the names. Yeah, Return yeah, of the, the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Return of the Jedi for me. When I remember, I remember seeing that, and 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 it always just tugs at me. Like I yeah. love it because it's Anakin comes back. That's right. Because of the love of his son yeah. of his son right, right the yeah. the purpose and the really the the persistence mm-hmm. of his son and i love that but then i don't feel it in the last jedi no um well there's there's so much that needs to be unpacked and i think the 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 biggest error that was made with the sequels was the insistence and this is done very commonly in in not just pop culture uh, in today's uh, in today's sense, but it's done in in just our culture, in the business culture, and elsewhere, is the need to break down yes. someone or something in order to elevate the other. And it's like, yeah. you know, if you and I, if all three of us are having a conversation, and I am persistently dogging, yeah, on one of us to belittle someone so that I look better. It doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. And where does that come from? And it's really well, interesting. Well, it's shame. It comes from shame. It, it comes from shame. Right. It yeah. comes it's from really self-confidence. Well, that, it comes from... Well, it comes from a place of weakness. It does. Yeah. yeah like, and really. that's the thing that people don't appreciate and I think is so is so well characterized mm-hmm. in in Star Wars, right? Is is the need to inflate, right? I, I mean, right. the greatest sense of weakness of the Sith is that there's no... There's no integrity among friends no. because yeah. you can't, right? Yeah. If you empower your underling, then you Don't are no them. longer yeah. the, exactly. the, the, the and that's emperor. the whole dialogue, and, right? And so With there, the Sith and, there and, can and, never be connection. Right. There the can apprentice. never be friendship. Mm-hmm. The thing that, for me, the Harry Potter movie like knocks out of the park, and I, I hope yeah. you got it when you watched Order of the Phoenix, that, that moment where Harry is possessed and and he's being vexed by evil, and you know, Vald- or, and Dumbledore's like, it's not how you're the same, it's how you're different. And the flashes of friendship, and I right. have a father figure, and I have a place that I belong, and it's yeah. like, bam, like that's yeah, it, like right. that's the eternal truth. Well, that, that touches that, our soul. That's, a, that's it's that assessment of where where's my value? Yeah, where what do I value most? Think about it this way. Anakin, the most important scene in um, the prequels, the Sith mm-hmm. in in Rise of, or uh, Return of the Sith, mm-hmm. is not the fight the twelve minute fight between Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah. Although it's powerful, yeah. it's not the most powerful. It's not the most pivotal scene. Yeah, the most pivotal scene is um, Mace Windu having pinned. Oh yeah. Yeah. Having pinned the emperor. Yeah, and, and he says fighting. he's too mm-hmm. dangerous to be kept alive. What what's Anakin's words? I don't remember what his words are. I need him. Yeah. Uh, Why? Because of his terror of losing Padme. Yep. Yeah. Because I can't lose anyone else. Mm-hmm. I can't sacrifice anymore. I can't give up anymore. It's too which much sadly, to ask of me. Which sadly 
happens. Certainly. It's, yeah. And he's justified. The tragedy. It's yeah. the tragedy. He's justified in it. But if he had the right mindset, if if his goals were in the other way, in, in, yeah. totally differently aligned, I mean, think about it. There, there's a there's a heart wrenching comic. I'm not going to get through it. <laughs> there is a heart wrenching one page comic that reenacts the scene. It's it's Mace Windu. He's got the Emperor pinned, and he says, "Anakin, help me. We need to stop him." Oh, it's so painful. And, and they and they cut off the Emperor's head together. Oh. Then the next scene is. He gets married to Padme with Obi-Wan, young Obi-Wan, and Mace Windu present. He comes out and says, I have to leave the Jedi Order. I'm in love with Padme, Amidala. We're going to be married. We're having a family. Yeah. And they go, okay. And all of a sudden, the next thing you see is he's got the, he's got the infants. Yeah. He's got the two kids. And then you see there's a really fun little scene where... Um, I think Luke, as like a five-year-old, has got Anakin's gold arm, and he's running around the room, oh, that's cool. and there, and he's got a beard, and he's an old, and he's a parent, and and Padme is with little Leia, and um, he's face to face with um, with a very young Luke, and he goes, "Tell your sister, crap," he goes, <laughs> he goes, "Tell your sister you were right about me," and and. And Luke looks at his dad as, as father, and he goes, father, and it cuts to Luke mm. in the black in Jedi with mm. the de-helmeted, right. de-shrouded Vader, and he says, I won't leave you. Mm. And it's, it's the moment, it's the flash of what could have been. Right. Yeah. Had I made the this force. choice, yeah. Yeah. I was all, I had Padme. I had my children. Mm. These, but I acted in fear. Yeah. And I lost everything. Yeah. And it was the. It was that is the parallel that's absolutely imperative between those two characters, yeah. and why none of that exists because they had to destroy Luke. They had to destroy Han. They thought they did. They had to neuter Leia. Did. Or make Leia something else, and suddenly now she's a Jedi Master, and that, and it was it was this apolo- the the third of the third movie of the, of that sequel trilogy is an apology tour. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm sorry. We'll try to we'll try to redeem Luke, and we'll bring Han back, and we'll make Leia this. And it yeah. didn't matter. It wasn't yeah. satisfactory well, because didn't, they didn't had deliver. They didn't set it up. They had destroyed all those characters, yeah. and there wasn't that growth. Yeah. And we never saw Ray grow. We never saw yeah. Ray be challenged and de- dismantled. The only thing that we had was your parents were junkers. They sold you for drinking money. Right. And it was yeah. like, well, that's okay. her challenge. That's yeah. not her I'm your father moment. It's right. supposed to be, but yeah. it's not. So yeah. so my suggestion is that that the the new three just be a dream. And they go back. <laughs> yeah, well of it, course, unfortunately, you know they're gonna dismantle it because Leia it, is no longer with us. Yeah, but, the know. problem well, and then they gave us Mandalorian, which for me which, has been right. I, I've oh, loved Mandalorian. Love. But you realize that we gotta have them come back and talk about Mandalorian. Yeah, well, we there yeah. we know what's gonna happen in the future is that uh, Filoni is going to use the the temple and the room of time, the the, the space in between spaces mm-hmm. from Rebels, to undo. Oh, they're going to undo yeah. it. Do you that, think so? Oh, that would be Guaranteed. good. 
Guaranteed. They they Holy got they got crap. a group of people. Like I, I said, didn't even think about. Yeah. That. Oh no. Okay. Where, they're going to use they're going to use the, they're going to use the the room uh, the space between space. It, well, well, it exists. I mean, Marvel's all over the yeah. place. I mean, you've well, that's to... how we get Ahsoka back because Ahsoka died fighting Vader. Yeah, I in Clone Wars, and they we we Dude, get her back. Blown. Actually, she died in in episode or season two of. <laughs> I watched all of I watched all of Clone Wars. Yeah, and Rebels those, with my daughter. Yeah, you have to and watch Clone it Wars was, and Rebels. Dude, Rebels, I love. Rebels took. Oh, oh it's it, it was a slow burn. First hour or first season, you're like. Ugh. I think I think I fell asleep in the first episode. Oh, and that's always Rebels. a killer for me. If I fall asleep yeah. during a show, no, no, no. it's like really hard. Second, for me to go back. third season is 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 absolute Star Wars. Mainlined in your yeah, own. I like love it. it's it's hard. what made so, me love Dave Fiolini. Yeah. Fiolini, Fiolini, Fiolini. So Filoni. I don't know the old Republic stuff or whatever, you but I really hope. Well, Rebels is just right before four. I really hope we get a Keanu Reeves in the Star Wars universe. I'm sorry, I like Keanu Reeves. As I Reven? like John. Would he, I like would he John, be John Wick. Wick or would no, he's he gonna be Reven. Be Neo. Is he a baddie? They want to be Darth Reven. Yeah, he should be a bad I've guy. I've heard that rumor before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He should be a bad guy. And I, because yeah. he always, I think it would be a great term for him. He, l- I, he would look it, especially dude. with this longer right. hair. Right. And, yeah. Okay. Well, folks, thanks for yeah, joining us thank for another you. one. Thank you, Kevin. That yeah. was, it was way awesome. too long. All right. <laughs> no, it's just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Adios.